Welcome to So You're Kinda a Big Deal, a weekly podcast deep diving into the lives of emerging and established tattoo artists. Listen in as we dig into origin stories, industry hot topics, and what it takes to survive in the world of tattooing. This is Tattoo Shop Talk. Join your hosts, Sean Headley and Dave Allen, every week as we host a new guest. It's no secret Dave and I have a good guy connection, but we have a great relationship with many respected suppliers. Working with Lucas Ford at Classic Tattoo, I saw firsthand the blood, sweat, and stress he went through building Good Guy. Creating products for your peers is no easy task. With many to critique any small missteps, including myself, tattooer owned and family operated since day one. With Lucas, Rob, and Natalie at the helm, you know exactly what you are getting. High quality products, fair prices, and excellent customer service. Shop, support, good guy. The Hold Fast Social Club keeps expanding and adding features to make the life of tattooers easier. We just launched a classified section for pros only. Sell your tattoo gear, prints, whatever in one spot. This is on top of a platform with peer-to-peer vouching, direct connect, a wait list, and geo-searching. Now you can find guest spots or forever homes at studios everywhere. No guessing, no awkward conversations. See what shops or artists have to offer. Mark them as favorites or add yourself to their wait list to let them know you are interested. Old Fast Social Club keeps adding features to make connecting easy. Pros only, a place where the best of us can elevate each other. Things that you guys could call me rude, but no, okay. whatever. Hey, and you're no picture, no picture. Turn no your picture. camera on. God, <laughs> you're making us look good because yes. we're usually the clowns on here. Oh, no audio. Well, oh, oh, there yeah. you go. Audio's on now. Okay, well, <laughs> I have no. Come on, you guys. Let's turn mine off, too. <laughs> well, we'll just all turn our cameras off. <laughs> I don't know how to to turn the camera on. It should really be don't. it should be down. Okay. There should be, like, a small little, okay. like, thing along the bottom that'll say, like, mute or camera off kind of yeah, in that's there. Yeah, I'm clicking on. Oh, interesting. Do you have something so... over the lens? Because when you turn it on, I can actually see some light. So it's no, actually the camera's working. It's just, like, maybe something's blocking no. it oh no. <laughs> it's pitch black on my side so i don't know uh. i'm in settings cecilia iphone uh what the hell it says it's on my iphone what the fuck is going on can you hear me though oh we, yeah. all, we can hear you <laughs> it's highly entertaining <laughs> i don't even get this anymore oh yes Cecilia making the old white dudes look good. Yep. <laughs> oh, so old. So old. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, it's, it's all okay. Good. Open the systems. <clears throat> Honey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Seriously. I don't even know how to do this. I'm so frustrated. Where's your where's your where's your phone? Yeah. Where's your phone right now? Oh, oh, there it is. There you are. Hi. It's fucked up. I'm on my laptop and I cannot. Oh, there's my husband. Look. 
My phone's Whoa, not on. You're on your laptop and your phone uh-huh. at the same time. Yeah. So you're. My, so if you have phone. a if you have a Mac, I know that the Mac uh, can choose your phone as your camera rather than the FaceTime camera. Yep. That's Perfect. What it is. That's crazy. So I am going to send you a picture of this setup right now. So nice. <laughs> with my iPad. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so embarrassed. I'm so sweaty and so pissed off right now. This is amazing. And I, I really hope you're recording because this is. I, I am. Re- I am recording, and you are literally no different than every other tattooer that we have ever so started with. <laughs> Just that you're amazing. the you're the first right. person that we're gonna shame with this footage. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm going to keep this. I'm going to send this picture just so you can see actually the setup. It's perfect. All right. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Text text it to me. Hi. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so this, yeah, quickly. uh, Yeah. So last time I saw you, 1997, San Francisco. 97, San Francisco. We were, can I take these out? Or can you, no, fuck it. Leave man, don't fuck with it. It's it's all working right now. <laughs> um, yeah. So last time was '97 in San Francisco at the Crazy Hotel. Yeah. Um, and you were at the New York Convention. Yeah. And yeah, that's as much as we covered. Cool. Hi. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. So what was what was the last time? Dave, you saw Cecilia. I've only met uh, you one time, and that was at Seventh Son. Uh, when we were filming a documentary, we had, I was, I was about to say we had a crew in there, but there was just two of us. Uh, and we, yeah, met you, ma- we met in passing super were, quick. Was that at uh, Steveston? No, no. Seventh Son in San Francisco. Was it really? Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. I, might, I don't know if I met you at Steveston. I used to hang out there a lot, but. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Ah, well. Well, when you call you and Jody a crew, it kind of is. You guys take up as much room as a queue, as a crew. So, oh, fuck. <laughs> Jody's a big dude. He makes me look small. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to even remember that. Like, what year was that? Were we in the really big shop on Langton Street? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, and it yeah. was during a. It was a convention week. Uh, Trevor was there. That's who we were interviewing. Oh, I can't remember who else was there, but yeah, it was, Trevor, it was which, awesome. What Trevor? Next day. Trevor from Australia. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember yeah, we yeah. just interviewed him like a couple of weeks ago? No. <laughs> yeah, we did another interview with him. We yeah, did for the podcast this time. Yeah. 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 He, he so talked cool. shit for two hours. Yeah, that was good, awesome. Good, he told good. me how much he loves my face tattoos. <laughs> Thumbs up. He's like the tattoo <laughs> uncle to everyone our from our generation. Totally, you know? totally, yeah. totally. It was awesome. We yeah. had actually we actually had an audience at the shop while we were recording it, and he's just busting everybody's balls. Like, kept making fun of Dave C, James Tax. It was it was great. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Great. So, That's anyway, bad. Cecilia, it's so good to see you because it's been it's good to see you forever. Yeah. And uh, let's just start because I know your I kind of know your start, but let's start. At your start in Vancouver. Starting where it started. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, the real start is that I grew up around Hell's Angels. So, tattooing and motorcycling uh, went together for me, and I was friends with Adam Sky forever. 
So when uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. no, we love. Adam. I love. I love Adam's guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so then I, I was one of the, I think I was like the very first person who worked at Sacred Heart with them, the original one on Fourth, and yeah, that's where I really started. Oh, was, did you start at Sacred Heart? Yeah. I thought you actually, started, yeah. oh, crazy. I thought you started on uh, Grandville at um, Anarchy? At, at Anarchy well, Inc. Yeah, Anarchy. Yeah. No, I did my first couple of tattoos at, at a Sacred Heart. Oh, oh crazy. crazy. Wow. Yeah, yeah that would have been like when Kylie was like the counter girl, like pre-Blair. Pre-Blair. So the very first shop manager was Michael was Mikkel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sangha. Um, yeah. Who went out with Kylie. Yeah. 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 So I, re I replaced him. Crazy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. See, I didn't know that part about you. Cause when yeah, I met oh, you, you were really? at Anarchy, right? Yeah. You were yeah, at Anarchy. Was, and yeah. We went uh, and saw the Crumb uh, movie together. Yeah. With Cam and uh, Dave. Robinson. Yeah. Cam Von Cook and Dave Rob Robinson. Rob yeah. Robinson. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, um, then I, I worked at, I've worked at so many shops. It's almost embarrassing. It, it actually is embarrassing. There, there weren't that many shops back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I worked, well, I worked at Secret Heart and then, um, the guy that I, a really important person that I learned tattooing from was Theo Jack or, um, yeah. that would be his common name. Yeah. 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 So, came, yeah, when he came to Vancouver and was hanging out with Adam, or yeah, at Sacred I, Heart, right? Yeah, he, he he was staying with me. Yeah, okay. I met I met Theo when I was sixteen, and I, then I, so another part of the tattooing was for sure. I I met Theo at Expo eighty six and he's skateboarding. Oh, and nice. And we became like really really good friends and like would talk to each other on the phone all the time and like mail big packages of stuff. It was so rad. And I went down and stayed with him and his mom in Noe Valley in San Francisco in probably 86. Jeez. And I got my first tattoo from him. Rad. At, at Goldfield's tattoo on Broadway. Cool. Yep, Amazing. Right up, right up from the lusty lady, which was, I mean, it's, it's incredible. The, the things I got to see because of that. Um, so amazing. Cause he, sh you know, showed me around. I went to tattoo city back then all like, all of it. Um, so then when I called up Theo and I said, Hey, Theo, I want to be a tattoo artist. He was like, Nope. And then he hung up. <laughs> and, um, and I knew that there was something to that. So I called him back and I was like, Hey, Theo, you know, like, I, I want to be a tattoo artist. And he was like, Nope. And he hung up again. And I called him back again. And I said, Hey, you know, I, I still want to be a tattoo artist. This is like in a row. Right? <laughs> and uh, he's like, fine, fine. And uh, I think that's, yeah, right around when I was working at Sacred Heart, like soon after that. So then th I left Sacred Heart because Theo said to me, um, do you want to learn how to tattoo from a one-eyed Italian and a one-legged Indian? And I said, yeah. So then I went to Native Images with Percy. Percy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he, that's, that's why I went to Native Images after Sacred Heart is because Theo said, do you want to learn how to 
tattoo from a one-legged Indian and a one-eyed Italian. So that was fun. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Want to hear a funny story? I'm sure you're familiar with this story, but Dave and the people listening, a funny story is, uh, so back then, a lot of people traveling would use um, pre-made needles in their travels mm-hmm. and would re-sand them. Oh, yeah. On a matchbook. Right? 100%. Yeah. Re-sand uh-huh. them, like yeah. sterilize them, re-sand yeah. them, re-sterilize them, them, reuse yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Theo got the Sacred Heart and fucking Blair broke all oh, his needles. Yeah. That's right. Like like 400 <laughs> needles. Just like and fucking Theo I remember Blair telling me that story and was like, dude, I've never seen somebody get so fucking mad before in my life. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because that's, that's like every fucking one you traveling. threw away. He, he saw that as like a minimum charge tattoo. Yeah. You throw yeah, away one liner, one mag, you just threw away a minimum charge tattoo. If you just threw away 200 liners, 200 shaders, that's 200 minimum charge tattoos, period. Like, yeah, yeah. And he was traveling. So I, I never got to meet him. I'm so bummed. You never got to meet Theo Jeff? I didn't. I fucking got to hear so many stories about Theo when I ended up in Vancouver in 94 from different people and stuff, but I never got to fucking meet that guy. He's He's just that legend. Yeah. Yeah, He he owns a shop in just outside of Oslo now in Stockholm. And he actually has like a neural neurological a degenerative disease that is affecting his grip strength oh, so fuck. he yeah 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 i gotta write that actually you know what i want to reach out to him i want to get him on yeah, the podcast he should, yeah yeah he yeah he'd be awesome epic storyteller yeah. i mean yeah. he's really polished it after years and that guy <laughs> knows everything and everyone and he's met i mean you could talk to him probably for hours just about the time that he spent on goa yeah, you know, yeah, like that, family. and even just being a part of on being a part of the Jacks. Yeah, the, just ja- early, yeah. You know, the Jacks were right. Yeah. It's like an early thing. Mm-hmm. Traveling tattooer, yep. It, yep. you know, traveling tattooer I mean, in the age of was there was not really traveling anymore. He was very much like the carny circus he tattooer. Was that c- cutting edge, the point of the spear when it came to that idea of being a traveling tattoo artist, convention to convention, country to country, being international. City to city, yeah. Yeah. And doing yeah. it like, he said, if you can't walk into a hardware store and build a complete setup from scratch, you're a waste of time. <laughs> like, so he gave me, he gave me so many tricks and hacks, like apocalypse kind of ideas about how to tattoo. Like if, yeah. if, if, if everything stopped today, because of what Theo taught me, I could walk in and know how to tattoo and build stuff from the ground up, which is yeah. an incredible gift. Really yeah. Oh, especially now because that knowledge is lost. Like, yeah, it is. You know, that's yeah. completely. There's so yeah, few people like, that understand that. Yeah, yeah that's like, like the you know at uh, New in Toronto, Bill and I, Bill Baker and I, we walked to a local electronics store. And we literally mm-hmm. spent fifty dollars, and he mm-hmm. taught me how to build a fucking power supply. Yeah, 
that could run my fucking tattoo machines better uh-huh. than my. I had a Spalding uh-huh. and Rogers toaster box at the time, which was yeah. insane. Once I the learned about the inside, <laughs> yeah, just like like two capacitors, two real. There was two of everything inside, and it was like, why doesn't my machine turn down? It's like because it's only got up. Like, but like you know, he taught me how to make a fucking power supply for fifty bucks, which then went on to become essentially the icon power supply yeah. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. so fucking rad right like that guy's so another cool. legend legend yeah legend. like okay. yeah yeah cool the amount uh it's funny to think that because i've indirectly been in the tattooing scene since 86 how much stuff i've seen i yeah. it's incredible incredible yeah yeah even just being on the west coast you know not not really traveling internationally a lot and just yeah. being on the West coast. Cause everybody generally comes through. It feels like, yeah. you know, through Vancouver, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Hollywood, you know, and I've lived in all of those. So yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to your start. So you're phoning Theo. Why did you tattoo? Like, yeah. And, and so then, yeah. Um, so then you just started, that was it. You started tattooing. It was over. Yeah, yeah, it was done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah. interview and recording. Um, perfect. Um, so then he, I mean, because I'd stayed with him and his mom and since 86 a couple times, and I would stay with him for all summer, basically. Greyhound down. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, eating Fig Newtons because that's all I had. Uh, and then he came up and kind of started teaching me and telling me stuff, you know, the secret of the mag, you know, he was one of the first people to even know what a mag was, a seven mag rather than a six flat. (laughs) (laughs) And was this, were you at Sacred Heart still at this time? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Okay. So this is what he was hanging out at Sacred Heart. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, then, I worked at Anarchy for about, I don't know, a year, a year or two, maybe with Cam and Dave. And that, cause that was when Clint wasn't there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Cam Von Cook yeah. from a guy, uh-huh. Uh-huh. he can fucking, that guy can draw anything. American anything. traditional, he just draws it on. Like that guy, I don't even know if he, I actually guest spotted at his shop in Winnipeg. Uh, like in 2000 and like six or seven, I think, um, Mm -hmm. Osborne village Inc is a shop, but I went and he didn't even have a stencil maker. Wow. If you wanted to stencil something, you had to hand bomb it, which is totally fine. Thank God. I know how to fucking do that. But cause he just drew every, like he had splash on the walls, American traditional. Oh, you want that? Uh, And he's just going to draw it on you. That dude is fucking rad. So good. And, yeah. Nobody knows who he is. <laughs> no, he, he taught me the, if, I mean, between Theo and Cam, I would say that I got the absolute foundations. Like Cam taught me how to save money when you're only making cash. Um, he taught me how to budget like a tattoo artist. I fucking wish um, I had that. Yeah. No, no one ever taught me that shit. <laughs> <laughs> And he said, you know, just like how to book back pieces for the winter so that you didn't have to go on welfare for winter. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, everything. It was, it was ama- amazing. 
just yeah. how I lucked out with the people that I managed to just fluke in with had so, so much depth and love for tattooing that I just, you know, soaked it up. Like I remember one of the, actually one of the reasons why I did change shop so much is, um, I asked the Dutchman, you know, any advice when he finished my sleeve and he said that probably the one time he actually really didn't bullshit me on something. He said, uh, if you're not learning anything, leave. If you're the smartest person there, leave. Yeah. So I think that that is something that's really fueled, uh, me through the years is asking that question. Am I learning? Am I learning? You know, and if you're not learning, then find somewhere harder to work. You know, don't, don't ever sit on your laurels. Don't think that, you know, you, you don't have to learn. There's always somebody who knows more than you do and find them. Yeah. That's, that's something I don't know if that exists the same anymore. I mean, I think a lot of people come up in tattooing and they stay in the city they learned in and then they open their own shop. Yeah. You don't have to, right? Because yeah. we have the, the technology, we just have it all in our hands to, yeah. to do that adventuring, you know, like I, then I traveled a little bit to Hawaii, to San Francisco, to LA. Um, when I was working at, at Anarchy, I came back and I had been fired <laughs> because nobody knew where I was. <laughs> so I had left the shop and Cam and Dave both worked there. And when I came back, neither of them worked there and then neither did I. And it was like, and that oh, was, that was like, that was like 96, right? 96? 96, 97. Cause earlier, I never, earlier. I, was it been earlier? I was in, yeah. I was in LA in, okay. in Hollywood tattooing by 94, 95. I, re I remember cause you know, Vancouver small, always walking on Granville street. I used to always pop in there to say hi to people. And I popped in one day and there was nobody there. Like they had no tattooers yeah. at yeah. all. And it's just yeah. like, what do you, I what just want to say hi. I just want to say hi to yeah. the tattooer. We'll be yeah. Yeah. I remember one day coming in to, Anar to Anarchy and, uh, you know, cause it was, it was back when you were open ish, you know, you didn't have an opening sign when, you know, somebody was there, it was open. And I would go pretty regularly just because I'd worked a, a bunch of regular jobs, you know, before that. So I remember going in one day, you'd park in the back and go into the back and seeing that there was a line of people at the front. And I could tell there'd been, you know, a party the night before because there was beer cans, cigarettes and fucking disaster, right? Dust everywhere. So, yeah. So I, uh, <clears throat> yes. White yes. dust. Everywhere. And like, Why are these fucking CD covers all scratched up? Everywhere. Right. So I opened the cracked open the door and said, just give me a second, close the door, cleaned everything as quick as I could, open the door, let everybody in. And there was a bunch of people and sat at the dust and watched as the people came in, you know, like one, two, three, four. Okay. So then as they came in, they got a number in my head. There were so many people in the room that I had to stand on one of the chairs and I stood on the chair and I said, who here wants a tattoo today? And hands went up and I counted six people. And this is in the first year of my tattooing. <laughs> <laughs> Who here wants a tattoo? Um, I said, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. You're all I can tattoo today. And then set up, you know, like 
waivers and what do you want and wrote it on the thing and said that's it and i said sorry everybody else has to go and leave and yeah that was just like how it kind of flew back yeah then. amazing yeah yeah that's the way it was back then though right like yeah. just by the seat of your pants by, yeah like same you know i, I worked at a, at a shop art of torture in toronto before i had a new tribe and I just would show up and there'd be a fucking lineup and it would just be like, okay, I don't have mm-hmm. Like there was some nights that I would tattoo till two in the fucking morning mm-hmm. and I'm in downtown Toronto yep. and I live all the way out in Scarborough and I'm like, I don't know how the fuck we get home. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, I rode here on my BMX in the fucking morning. <laughs> right. And it's just like, but it's like, yeah. and people are just like, I, I don't understand. Like still today, 33 years later, I have people that are like, I don't understand how you tattoo so fast. And I'm like, yeah, because I like to make money, money. But, <laughs> but, but even prior to that, the people I worked for liked me to make them money. So yes. if there was fucking 10 people that wanted to get tattooed, well, you you're not leaving. And, you're not leaving until they're tattooed. So it's like you either finish them by six or you finish them by midnight. Yep. Which one do you want? And yeah, if, you never you know, let, yeah. Eventually, it went from tattooing till midnight to, to 11 to 10. To, and it, I wasn't tattooing less people. I was just figuring out how to tattoo people faster, yeah. more efficiently. And you know what I mean? So, yeah. And it should, yeah. Be, it should be noted that you're making more money because back then it was by the piece. And a lot of artists today charge by the hour and shooting themselves in the foot. Like, you know, a yes. tattoo, a tattoo yeah. this big has a fucking price. Charge that price. If you can do yeah, it fast, yeah. that's good for you. If you're slow, well, then fucking learn to be quicker. You know? yeah. I, I make jokes. Up, I make jokes all the time with my clients. I'll outline a sleeve and I'll be like, because it's, you know, every so used to hourly, I'll be like, it's this much. And they're like, that's it. I'm like, I hate making money, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, still, I still struggle with charging by the hour. I still, still. Yeah. I've yeah, yeah. tried to, yeah, charging, kind of trying to figure out like half day flat rate or a full day flat rate. No. Yeah. I mean, people, yeah. even clients are like, damn, you did that? And I'm like, I don't know, sorry. I mean, I'm yeah. actually trying to slow down now to be more accurate, to take a breath rather than just like literally tattooing like a gun is to my head. Well, so and I, you never smoke. On top of that, <laughs> no. Well, you never smoke <laughs> cigarettes. My thing was cigarette breaks, right? Like, oh, yeah. I, 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 yeah. Still I still bump into people that I tattooed in the nineties at Sacred Heart where they're like, I've never had somebody take so many cigarette breaks. And I'm like, it's the yeah. only way I can stretch out the time. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. outline, three smokes. Totally. Shading, three smokes. <laughs> right. Some color, yeah. three smokes. A bit more uh, color, yeah. three smokes. White highlights, three smokes. Like it's just the only way I could like stretch shit out or else it'd be like, yeah. I'm fucking making like you know i'm doing a sleeve i'm outlining a sleeve and i'm making 200 bucks i mean and people nowadays too forget i don't know what i mean that that's another thing i suppose it's changes of percentages but i mean you were you were stoked if you made 50 percent of yeah you know i mean you guys know that i mean and now that's so variable it's all over the place you know i've heard 70 30 cuts both ways i've heard that's my 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 shop is is pretty much straight straight 70 30 it's 
you know, it's, it's, it's yes, more than what a lot of people around are, are giving and stuff, but I don't yeah. have a big shop. I don't want a high turnover. I want dudes to come, you know, yeah. people to be happy. So it's just like, this is, I, I'm not trying to make a shit ton of money off of you, but I would like my bills paid. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'd like my bills paid. You know, I'm not trying to gouge anybody. You know what I mean? Like if you guys work super fucking hard, you'll make me enough money and you'll make yourselves a fuck ton of money. And that's, that's good enough for me, you know, but, but yeah, like 50%, yeah. man, I was working at Montreal in the nineties on a 50% cut. Keith Stewart, we were just talking about Keith Stewart, tattoo artistique, and I was making like two grand a day <laughs> on a 50, yeah. 50 cut in a city so that crazy. had a $30 wow. minimum charge. And if I didn't tattoo wow. fast, I would have never have made wow. that. Right. Wow. Like just, wow. you had to just. You had to. Yeah. You had when to. When I got, yeah, when I got to San Francisco, um, I was I was lucky enough. I was getting a, a back piece by Marcus Pacheco, and I had gotten a sleeve by Grimy, and he was Grimy was just starting to travel a lot, and he had gone to see somebody in Hamburg, whose like goal was to tattoo as fast as humanly possible, and that's when that idea really really hit me is that that is actually to do a, a very complicated tattoo as quickly as possible. And that's, I spent years working on getting as fast as possible without blowouts, you know, with holidays and, and, of course. and still solid, like not cutting yeah. corners, not like, oh, well, yeah. there's a blowout. I guess that's where the black, you know, shading starts, <laughs> you know, shit like that. But uh, yeah, that's another cam piece of advice. You do <laughs> how do you, how do I do the shading? It's like, well, the blowout is, Okay. There's the blowout will show you. <laughs> Let yeah. the blowout guide you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I mean, in... no, go on. No, that's it. All right. What? So, what year did you actually start? When did you do your first tattoo? Do you remember? Uh, I remembered my first tattoo was in my basement, illegal yeah. basement apartment. Yeah. yeah. In East Vancouver. Expect of no course. Mercy. Uh, on my roommate, Fawn, Fawn Mulcahy. Oh, Fawn. Oh, I know Fawn. Oh, crazy. Yeah, Fawn. yeah, yeah. Nobody yes. else is. Been... Ooh, what? Yeah. The Fawns. <laughs> Fawns. The Fawns. I'm actually going to tattoo her again, like in a couple of months. She's going to come down here. I'm so stoked. Um, nice. And I freehanded a perfect little circle and did it with a, a single needle. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Still there. She can't remember what size it's like on her hip. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. So that would have been, I could probably ask her. I think we tried to remember. I think that is early 90s. So like maybe 92, 93. I think I usually put 93 is when I start. Okay. Or, or pick it. Whatever. Yeah. Because you were, and then, yeah, because I met you in 94. Is when okay. I met that you. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense then. Yeah. And yeah. you were and then I was then down at in Anarchy. And I think you were just starting at Anarchy when when we met, like, or yeah. you were pretty fresh at Anarchy, and Bill was just fresh at the Dutchman's. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Yeah, just sorry, you get lost in memories. No, you get totally lost. right. Hey, I still Stop. have super vivid memories of us seeing the R. Crumb movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I, I have just a very. We went to go see, sorry, sorry, yeah. everybody's listening to this, but we went to go see a show 
at that really great shithole uh, hotel that was right next to the Montgomery Cafe in Vancouver. Oh, the Montgomery. It was a really cool show. And that's where I have a very vivid memory of, of meeting you. And I, I can't, it's not the Biltmore or the Balmoral that had good neon. I can't remember. But yeah, that's yeah. a vivid memory I have of meeting you. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's your memory of me and you, but my memory of me and you is the movies of seeing that fucking Crumb documentary, which was amazing. Because amazing. prior to that, I had I had no idea who that guy was. And you were like, let's oh, go really? see this movie. Yeah, and you were like, let's go see this oh, movie. Yeah. And I was like, okay, because I'm a huge movie nerd. And I was yeah. like, okay. And I was just like, yeah. who, it, like, afterwards, I was like, who's this guy? Who's this fucking art? So that totally like oh, took me in a different wow. direction of stuff I started like looking at and seeing and reading and stuff. So yeah, oh, it's very rad. cool. So that's rad. a very vivid memory of my past. Yeah. Rad. Yeah. So thanks that for that. That makes sense. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. 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 And then so Sacred Heart, Anarchy, and believe it or not, if you want to get technical, I worked at Ace Tattoo. No shit. Nice. Yeah. yeah. When? I got to work with <laughs> with who? Guy. Ziggy and Ziggy was an old biker who worked at Anarchy um, right at the end. Uh, so I had come back from doing my, my, you know, walkabout there going down to Southern California and stuff. And I'd gotten fired. And then I was like, fuck, you know, I got nowhere to work. Shit. What am I going to do? And um, somebody's like, oh, Ziggy works at Ace. And I was like, okay, fuck it. Let's work at Ace. Ace was still on Hastings at that time. Yeah. Right? Uh -huh. Yeah, that's the right. OG yeah. fucking A. That's amazing. That's like, that's totally a badge of honor for me. Oh, fuck yeah. Not yeah. only did that's not, many, not yeah. many people get to actually not only not say they've never been tattooed at Ace, have they ever tattooed there, been tattooed there, but you were a woman in the early 90s oh, yeah. That, yeah. that worked at Ace fucking tattoo. Yeah. I mean, for like... A moment, just a, a moment. moment. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty badass. And then I called up, um, called up Adam, and I said, you know, I'm fucked. What the fuck do I do? I want to get out of here. There's nothing here for me. I want to get out of Vancouver. And he's like, why don't you call up Jason Schroeder down at Incognito Tattoo in Pasadena? He'll hire you, sight unseen, just because he's nice. And I called him up. He's like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then I, <laughs> I drove down to California. I was, so ex I was so expecting you to say Barnaby from Mums. <laughs> yeah, <it's> a, <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not no, even joking. No, that's. I'm not that's, even joking. Barnaby at Mums on on Haight Ashbury area. I, that's that's yeah. really where I thought you were going to tell me. I had no idea that you worked with Jason. Yeah, Jason Schroeder. Amazing. Yep. Yeah, that's I love Jason. I met, that's where I met uh, Henry Lewis when he was seventeen or eighteen, and he was still a graffiti guy. So I met Henry when he was like a baby, um, and I was a baby. So I worked in Pasadena, then um, then I worked at Purple Panther. Yeah, and the list goes you on. You worked at Purple Panther? Yeah. Yeah, I worked at Purple Panther for... Who, who owned Purple Panther again? Uh, These M. are like old her names. Name or uh, best. And, and her sister... Okay, this is fucking rad. I got to work with this lady named Flame, who was M's sister. And Flame is one of the original uh, ladies of GLOW, the glamorous ladies oh, of Oh, no way. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's crazy. Fucking rad. Uh, so I worked with M and Flame and her husband. And then this, a couple other guys, this guy, uh, Graham 
um, McAfee. He's so fucking talented. I met Jason McAfee there. Who wow. worked at, um, at Mr. Nice Guys, Freddie Corbin's. Freddie yes. Corbin's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, yeah. In Oakland. So, yeah, yeah I met yeah. Jason McAfee there. Yeah, Dude, this is his, what I mean. Tam, his Tam interview is like the best. <laughs> if, if anybody know, even knows what Tattoo Arts Magazine is, get the fucking app, get the one, the episode, get the fucking <laughs> issue with Jason in it. Where I He's, forget who's, I forget who's interviewing him. It might be. That's another amazing. It I might mean, be Juan. It, it might be. It oh, might be yeah. Juan. Yeah. Because Juan worked at Freddie Corbin. Fucking one of the first. I'm not even joking. I've never met Jason. But one of the first questions his. Because his friend is interviewing him. His fucking uh, friend asks him. Points to his jeans. Is like. How long have you been wearing those fucking jeans? He's like. <laughs> Like six, and he's like like six months. Six months. Uh, it was uh, when uh, that whole uh, that whole raw denim, the raw yeah, denim thing yeah. was in. And then yeah, his yeah. friend goes, "How many times have you peed them?" <laughs> amazing. People, you you need to find that interview. I'm not even going to talk about it anymore because I was just like that is like the, the greatest interview ever. And the dude is like such a fucking talent. Oh my so, god, yeah. So hilarious, so sharp, yeah. so fucking sharp. Oh, fuck Actually, that. yeah, I, I helped. Yeah, fuck. Um, I was traveling back and forth when I was in Hollywood to um, San Francisco, of course, <clears throat> because Jason knew Barnaby, and I I loved San Francisco, you know, uh, because of Theo. And I was traveling back and forth. That's where I met Barnaby. That's where I met the crew originally to then start at Moms. And um, I also met Jeff Whitehead um, because I was getting tattooed at Primal Urge, the original one on a Masonic and Geary. And yeah, then Jeff helped me find uh, work in San Francisco. And then I was at Moms for probably six or seven years. And then couple other shops and then i went to oh, okay so you did end up at mom's oh yeah I worked oh, okay at I, so yeah i, I, I thought you were yeah i thought you were i thought you were at mom's and i just didn't know the first part no <laughs> that's so, hilarious barnaby yeah barnaby. that dude was space shrimp in his armpit <laughs> <laughs> then he got tattooed yeah. in 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 san francisco but in the hotel room it was, it was right. like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> that yeah. dude was a fucking character. And then Adrian yeah. Love. Do you remember Adrian Love? Yep. I don't know if anybody else. Nobody else will know Adrian Love. It was a fake fucking name. He came to Sacred Heart in Vancouver. Oh, thank you. Yes. Just, uh, yes. 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 Uh, Cal- yeah. Calderon was his last name. His actual and, last yes. name. He yep. stole a bunch of my shit. And then I had some friends yeah. find him. And then uh-huh. he returned all that shit in the now middle of the we're night. We, about we show up, yeah. Now we're talking we about show up at Sacred Heart in the morning, and a bunch of my shit is at the back door, just like oh, lined up. And it's like, oh, cool. Hi, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy tattooed his way across Canada. I've worked in so many okay. fucking shops where people, I'd be like, who did that tattoo or whatever, or the, telling stories, and it'll always be Jay Fresh. Or fucking Adrian Love. Uh, the two names he went by in Canada, but his name was Jace, Jason Calderon, I think. Was his real name? Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. I worked with Joe Schmo there. Joe Schmo. I mean, I, like, this is insane. I so all the, you yeah. know. Ah. You know what's crazy is that I didn't, I didn't know who Joe Schmo was. 
so I, I'm friends with the guys in the band Fear Factory in the 90s and the 2000s. And yep. Burton C. Cummings, the singer for the band, was fucking roommates with him. And no way. he gave me a flash set. Of, he's oh, like, this, yes. this is my roommate's flash set. And I was like, rad. And I still have it. It's so cool. No like, way. Yeah, yeah. God. It was like early days when him and, and Joe lived in like uh, like that Silver Lake or Trout Lake area of like LA and stuff. And that is fucking crazy. So cool. So that is because I knew Jeff Whitehead through McAfee. That's how I wound up at Roseland Ballroom. That's how I wound up in the New York convention. And I got to meet Dan Higgs through Jeff. Yeah. 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 I got to do the New York thing before tattooing was legal. Got to, because you also mentioned Eric. You interviewed somebody who knew Eric and he worked and it was. Are you talking about old Dread Eric? Yeah. When he worked in New York. What's the name of the shop they worked in? It was when you still had to have a secret knock. What was it? It wasn't New York adorned. And it was, yeah, it was downstairs in the basement. I have pictures of us with like Patrick Conlin. Yes. Him, I think Nala and stuff. Eric, um, not Desmond. Fuck, what was his last name? He now works at like Da Vinci Inc., I think. Yeah. In like Long Island. But he oh, also was really? a friend of Barnaby's. That's yes. how I met Eric. He was in, in Vancouver. Eric Jones. Eric Jones. Eric Jones. Eric Jones. Yeah. Eric Jones. Super rad dude. Yes. Super nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Tack tattoo on his toe. And I'm like, why the fuck do you have a tack tattoo on your tack toe? toe. And, he, and he's like, dude, tack toe, man. Everybody tack in fucking toe. San Francisco, if they're tack homeless, toe. houseless, sorry, they fucking mm. say, like, yeah, bro. <laughs> nice tacks. You knew, the, you knew a uh-huh. fucking homeless dude was from a prison when he called your tattoos tax. tax. So they all got fucking tattoos. And I was like, Eric Jones, yeah, that guy was... I went rad. to New York because of that guy. He uh-huh. was fucking rad. That yeah, and so he, nice. I think it was New York Adorned that he was at. And then yeah, I saw and they because they had the piercing. No, actually, no, no, no. He was at... Um, well, I can't really remember the name uh, of it. It was the piercing place. It was... Uh-huh. Um, because Eric started as a, t- as a piercer. Yes. And upstairs, when you walked in, me and Steve Simons went, you walked in, it was only a piercing salon. Like yep. most, a lot of and, and you open a trap door and you go downstairs yes! and it's a fucking yes! full tattoo. Yes! It might've been Eric Adorn actually. Yeah. I think it, it probably was. was Eric Adorn. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Yeah. It was either New York Adorn or it was Gauntlet. It was one of the two. I think it was New York Adorn. Yeah. 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 That, I tell people that story. They're like, what do you mean there's a tattoo shop underground? Yeah, so I got to see Jonathan Shaw's shop, all that, you know, and I knew about this stuff because of Theo, you know, I knew what to see and, and kind of like the culture of, of, of how to have the eye for, for what was authentic and, and the questions to ask and stuff like that. So when I went to New York for that first convention, so much of it was to see that part of the history so deliberately, because I knew it was, you know, just becoming legal and I wanted to really see that point at which it was shifting. And yeah, yeah, cause, was, it, yeah, because it was literally that year '97. That's when they lifted the ban. Yep, yep. Yeah. Like the only shop that was like um, working above ground at that time was Tattoo Scene, gone in the Bronx. Yeah, and then I forget the name of the other shop that opened. The people they were part of the convention. Saint, was it St. Mark's? The one in St. Mark's? No, and, and there was like drive-by shootings were happening, and windows oh. were being fucking like it was a big yeah. fucking deal when New York went legal. People do not understand because yeah. when it went legal, everything went from underground 
to above ground, and everybody is like, "You're on my fucking block, bro." Block. Not uh-huh. cool. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Did you were yeah. you tattooing at New York convention, or just hanging out? No, I wasn't because I was too intimidated. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it was like permanent mark, and yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, so many. It's the badasses of the badasses. Dude, I got to meet fucking Spiderweb. Yeah. And, and Gigi Allen's brother. I forget his name oh, right now. Wow. But I met Gigi Allen's brother because he was at the convention selling art. Like, yeah. that convention for anybody. Dave missed yeah. out on that. A lot of people listening probably missed out on that. Yeah. That convention was insane. Like, I feel like, was, you know, I feel like we could spend like hours just telling tall tales of just, just we that could. year. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah let's amazing. rewind it back. Okay. So you were jumping around a lot in San Francisco, and yeah, then how I many would... how many how many years were you at at Mums? Um, I'm gonna say probably a little bit over five years. I have this really bad habit. From when I was a little kid, we moved every five years. So when I hit that five year mark, something starts happening. To this day of like, uh, what's over there? What's over there? What's that? You know, like what's going on there? And I get antsy. And I, so I generally say I move shops so many times just because five years is like this inflection point in my body of just like, well, it's time to do something else. This is old. This is whatever's going on. There's, there's something new. There's something I'm missing <laughs> or whatever. And I get this thing, like I get fucking ants in my pants and then shoot myself in the tack toe and leave so probably about five or six years and i went to brain drops for probably five or six years and i helped open a shop then i worked at idle hand for about a year and then i worked at seven sun and i worked at seven sun for about seven eight years i don't think it was open that long ago that's a great shop too yeah it is it is and the lady who owns it holly is badass she is so fucking cool and a lot of amazing artists have gone through that shop. Amazing. Yeah. It's a, and, it's, and it's one of the few like female owned shops in San Francisco. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 She's badass. Very lady cool. knows a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah. What, a really good interview. So what year did you end up at seven sun? Uh, 2010, 2010. But, and then when did you leave seven sun? You left them only just a few years ago, right? 2017. 2017. Oh, longer than I thought. Oh, okay. Late. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the pandy. The yeah, pandy yeah. all of our time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and, that's, and it's tattooer time too, right? It's like yeah. Bill always said like, oh, Headley lives three years in one. So it's like so much yes. time fucking passes. Yes. Because uh, yeah. I was I mean, still a classic... I was still at Classic Tattoo and a girl, Jen, got tattooed at Seventh Son and she came back and was mm-hmm. like, oh, Cecilia says hi. And she was no, uh, she was a young girl yeah. from Vancouver and it was just uh-huh. like, she was really trying to like get in with a lot of people and stuff. Uh-huh. Not the right way. And she came back and was like, oh, Cecilia says hi. And I'm like, the fuck do you know Cecilia? Like, I was totally <laughs> like... I was totally like almost angry, like "fuck you, no Cecilia." Right? And she was like, "Oh, I just met her in Seventh Son," and she was like, "Oh," and she told me about you going to the movies with her in a concert and stuff. And I was just like, "Okay," like right, all insulted. And, yeah, 
Yeah, no. No, but then it was funny because it was like how long ago that was, and then it's just like that time. So then my brain just locked you into Seventh Son. Yeah. So then I kind of move on. I do my things. I open my shop and stuff. And then it's like, oh yeah, so he's on Seventh Son, and it's like, oh no, you left there in 2017. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, tattoo yeah. brain. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like too when when you're really dedicated to tattooing and obsessed, you know, thoroughly obsessed. I used to work, you know, at the shop and I would look at Luke and be like, what the fuck? It's Friday. Holy shit. Where the fuck did the week go? It was like long days, short weeks. You go to sleep, you know, like wake up Monday, go to sleep on Friday because you are cranking so hard, you know, get up, draw, work out, go to the shop eat, work. I mean, I would put my machine down at 8, 8.30 at night and I wouldn't leave the shop because you'd sit and decompress or fuck off in the back, you know, and, you know, problem solve with the other guys. And you got like 13 people there. So there's endless conversation, endless booze, endless bullshitting, endless laughs. Endless end of relationships. (laughs) Yeah. And you would just, there's so much going on. Yeah. And I agree, like when you're that focused on something that you love so much and you're tr- sucking up everything you possibly can with everyone around you, time just, it changes. Something changes. You literally look yeah. at your watch, you go, fuck, it's 11 o'clock at night. I got to go home. Fuck you guys. I'm fucked. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, like uh, I've said this before to the people, like I've, you know, Instagram, I've been booted off so many fucking times. I was, I was, friends or followed you a long time ago on Instagram. You were into like cycling. Oh yeah. That's another lifetime ago. Yeah. Yeah. I was semi-professional. Yeah. Like a long fucking time ago. And I was just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's kind of, that's what I mean. Like how our lives kind of work where it's just kind of like, if we don't, especially we don't see each other. Right. It's like, I had to go pick something up at a, you know, at a printer's the other day. That's Dan River Valley printing. Tattoo oriented. Right. So my girlfriend, she's smart. She's like, do you just have to run up and get something? Or, and I'm like, I'll go back another day when you're not with me. Cause I know <laughs> it's going to end up fucking yeah. being a conversation. Right. So yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, uh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Semi pro cyclist. <laughs> you can't drop that bomb and then just walk away from it. Like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. She was posting yeah. more pictures of her bike than a fucking tattoo for a while. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I fell in love. Got obsessed. I did jujitsu too. I did jujitsu, of course, with Seven Sun. Well, yeah. Seven Sun. Seven or eight years. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Got to, you know, roll with at the flagship of the Health Gracie, you know, with yeah. Kurt Osiander. What the fuck, yeah. you know? Dude, and his YouTube, his YouTube documentary is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. him hanging out in Seventh Son trying to draw and shit and everybody busting his chops <laughs> is the fucking greatest thing ever. Like if people yeah. want to see somebody trying to hang out in the tattoo shop and learn, Kurt Osiander, full grown man, exceptional yeah. at jujitsu, going to a tattoo shop during the day, hanging out and drawing in the drawing room and then getting shit on. <laughs> it's called payback. Like, in, in a, in a, in a, <laughs> But in a nice way, right? Like, oh, yeah. hey, man, 
that's oh, you know, I mean, if true. you actually want to put this on a human, you got to be better. That Kurt Osiander documentary on YouTube is like the fucking greatest. I, I haven't like, seen that. Kurt is just what a soul, what a giving, like gener- generous, the most generous uh, person I've I've met when it comes to his skill set. I mean, fuck. But yeah, um, yeah. professional cycling. So yeah, I mostly did track racing. Uh, I traveled to a couple of velodromes in America, did nationals a couple of times, got thoroughly obsessed for probably about 15 years. Weird. Did, a tattoo are uh, getting obsessed about something. Yeah. I know. Weird. That's how we find our balance, right? We obsess about something else. <laughs> God. Yeah. 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 I mean, I could literally, I could, you could hand me something, anything, and I'd get obsessed about it. Gardening, landscaping, architecture, watches, cake making, fucking whatever it is. You just get into <laughs> watches and cake making side by side. That's the <laughs> seriously. I have so, a quick. So how long? How long were you cycling for then? About fifteen years. Gee, so was it like a national circuit? Was it a world circuit? What? Um, I never got to do worlds. I did nationals a bunch of times. So I competed at uh, Kenosha, a race down in LA at Carson City. My home track was Hellier. I raced up here in Portland at Alpenrose, which is, wow, <laughs> one hell of a track. Um, yeah, I did, did okay. Do they race in, do you race in weight or age classes? How does it work? Age. Age uh, class. Five years. Five years. So you're your race age and i still do this to the to this day is your birthday the year ahead so if i'm 53 this year my race age is 54. so my yeah so i would be at the bottom of 50 to 55. so yeah yeah similar to (laughs) jujitsu yeah yeah jujitsu's age sex and weight yeah so yeah Yeah. jujitsu i I never competed because when I asked Kurt, you know, should I compete? He was like, no, there's like three people. You'd always have to do open class because yeah. you're old, you're a woman, and you're like, I was above 15. Yeah. And, it's, and it unfortunately, really even in 2023, depending on where you train or where you compete, it's still the same. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think you know, there are unless more you're doing getting into it. Oh, 100%. If you're doing yeah. like, if you're doing adult worlds, ADCC, like the bigger yeah. stuff, 100%. Yeah. Women. yeah. And but, there's those women but like, are incredible. But, yeah. But like local stuff local. or local tournaments, like my gym, lot, you know, the our, our 17 year old phenom, uh, you know, 115 pound girl, she's still usually fighting adult women, usually mm-hmm. 10 to 15 pounds heavier because there's yep. nobody in, her belt range, you know, it's just like, yeah. so she's a blue belt, usually fighting female purple belts, adult 10, 15 pounds heavier. Oof. Yeah. Oof. And her mom is usually That's one tough. of them. Oh no. <laughs> we have video footage of, of her. Her name's Emma. We have video footage of her and her fighting her mom. And we would like scream for both of them and then start cheering Emma on first. And then her mom and then back and like, it would be back and forth. That's and, rad. Her mom's dirty though. Her mom would always end up press locking her. Oof. <laughs> like just <sighs> shitty stuff Cold. in competition. Cold. Yeah, just... wrist lock, get a thumb lock, get a toe lock, get an ankle lock. Yeah, yeah. God damn yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's the way so to do funny. It. But yeah. yeah, you got your forehead on somebody else's forehead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, let's... 
anyways, yeah, jujitsu, yeah. another total wormhole, got thoroughly yeah. obsessed. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. I could already see in Dave's face. He's just like, I don't care. Oh. <laughs> Dave doesn't care. The yeah, gentle yeah. art of jujitsu. So, okay, so you're, you're, let's go back to a couple different shops in San Francisco. You were with Barnaby at Mom's for a few years. Mm hmm. And how was that for you? Because at, now at this point in time, you've been tattooing for a few years, but you've jumped yep. ship essentially a lot and jumped around. Are, are yep. you starting to find yourself creatively? Are you still just kind of like the the walk-in smasher? Yep. Like what's going um, on? Well, that's a good question. Yeah. So by the time I got to mom's, I had been tattooing probably about four years, five-ish years. Um, and... That's when I was definitely starting to decide I need to find my voice. And I knew that that was probably going to be at the seven year mark. Um, I don't know why I picked the seven year mark, but seven, eight years, I felt like this is what it's going to probably because Theo had said, you know, it's going to take you seven years because an apprenticeship, an old school apprenticeship is seven years, right? That's what his yeah. apprenticeship was at Goldfields. So yeah. I had seven years in my head, like I'm basically just learning the basics for about this first seven years. So I wasn't trying to, I was trying to find what came easy, you know, and what flowed for sure. Um, oddly, I got really pretty good at doing portrait work, um, but I didn't want to do it because um, from art school, I felt like portrait work was basically just being a, a very good copyist. And I still wanted to, I felt like I knew that that would get me into a corner really, really quick. Like if I specialized in portrait work, that was going to, that was it. That was fucking it, you know? That's and I kind of pulled a lot in the nineties. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And so I was like, well, Japanese seems really classic. And I, so I kind of did that. And then Jeff Whitehead was like, don't do that. You don't, you don't do that. That's terrible. You're great. <laughs> Those clouds are upside down and uh, you don't know that. So oh, just... I still look at my friends with upside down clouds <laughs> in water and it makes me so sad. Yep. So I was like, check that's done. And um... I won't call you out right now, but you know who you are. <laughs> so that's when I was like, okay, um, if I'm not at a shop that knows how to teach me certain things, there are certain things that are off limits. Japanese being large Japanese work being one of them. Um, so that's when I was like, okay, I got to figure this shit out. And I think I started getting into floral stuff there. And I was still doing walk-ins and doing, it was a semi custom street shop. Cause that was kind of like the, you know, you had the, the thing that was made you fancy, you know, I mean, and this, you can't forget that this is right at the beginning of, Two two two. Uh, I was going to say two two two. Everlasting, like mm -hmm. Marcus's shop is still happening. Large. Right, where yeah. everybody there, yeah, yeah, all the guys who work there could open their own shops, and that was the bar. Yeah. So you had like this is before Blacklist, Black no Black Market, Blackheart, no. Blackheart. Thank you, Blackheart. Um, yeah. You had this idea starting to fulminate of having these super shops and everybody just being kicking it, you know, just out of the park, you know, with their own specialty. So I was right on the cusp of that. And it was, that yeah. was just starting. 
Um, so I think that moms is where I really was like, okay, I got to figure this out because that's what was starting. And I worked with a couple of people who did only new old school, you know? Um, and yeah, then I went to Braindrops and I, that's when I got to work with Marcus Pacheco and Yataro and Philip Millick. And they had their own very distinctive artistic voices that basically taught me, you can do anything, but you need to look through your window. So there's two ways to tattoo. You can be a generalist, you know, or you can look out your window and do whatever it is. You look at photo reference. You don't look at anybody else's work, whatever you're drawing. And that's how to get your voice and how to make sure that you have your part of real estate in tattooing. Yeah. And of course I was looking at Chris Kahn's stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, that's when I got tattooed by him and was very fortunate to have a couple great conversations with him. Um, and that's, I think seeing Chris Kahn's stuff with Marcus's stuff. Um, and of course, Aaron Kane, Mike D, Henry Lewis. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, George yeah. Campisi, yeah. the people's work that I had access to was astounding. Especially in San Francisco at that time. Yeah. So like, saturated with talent. Like, uh, Mike yeah. Davies, not to be confused yeah. with Mike DeVries, Mike Davies from Everlast, like yeah. Nala, like all these Nala. fucking people that like. At Hardy's shop. At Hardy's shop, shop. right? Yeah. Like, oh my God. I mean. Like, the giants. I mean, and that's why I left Canada specifically. Is it? I wish I had your balls. Desperation. It was desperation. That's all it yeah. was. Um, I knew that either I could be a, you know, big fish, small pond or small fish forever in a big pond. And it was a very deliberate decision on my part to, to seek out humiliation. <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> that's that's hard to do. That takes a lot of strength, you know. Most people don't have that self-confidence or fortitude to put themselves in that position year after year well, after year, right? Like Well, I think what how I tell myself is that if you are a beginner, you can always suck. And you know like at jujitsu. I was like, "Yeah, let's, yep. let's do jujitsu. Fuck it. Let's I don't know. I can suck yep. at it." And so totally. you get this free pass to suck for like years and everybody's like, oh, you're, you're so great. You're doing so great for a beginner. And you're like, thanks, man. You know, <laughs> you know, so that's how kind of I look at it when it comes to learning something new is that I give myself a free pass to just fail constantly. Um, I, yeah. So I don't, I actually don't view it as something that is, you know, brave or, or whatever. It's just giving myself a free pass to suck for a while. I need to ask because what brain drop, Braindrops. Great I've shop. Never, terrible name. Yeah. I, yeah. I've never it fucking heard hidden. of it. Yeah, How did very, I very work hidden. on the West Coast and <laughs> feel I was plugged in and never know that this shop existed? Who owns Braindrops? It was, it was tiny. Um, it was owned by this guy, Dave, a piercer. It was a piercer shop. And then uh, I think makes when... Sense. Yeah. When... Yes. It, he owned... He owned at one time the largest mobile... Uh, sound system on the west coast wow cool yeah. yeah um mayhem ensued it was great uh 
And then I think when Primal Urge kind of fell apart, I think they lost their lease or something. Okay. I can't remember why, but then Marcus knew Dave and opened a private studio kind of in Brain Drops. And that's when that tattooing started flowering. And that's when Tara oh, okay. started working there and Philip worked there. And I was, they had, they expanded a little bit. So then I got offered a space there. Awesome. And you were there for how yeah. long? I was there for the standard five years, <laughs> but, but, but fair to be fair, to be fair, uh, they lost their lease as well. Okay. Fair. No, but honestly, like I've always said, like, I mean, one of my guys was with me for five years and then he was very, I knew he wanted to leave. I knew he wanted to leave from day one. His mm. goal was to go to Steve's dip. He gave me mm. five years and it was mm -hmm. so funny knowing he was ready to leave and watching him squirm to tell me he wanted to leave. And he finally told me, I'm like, awesome. And he's like, I'm like, dude, you gave me five years. Yeah. Like that's five years for all the young people that are listening. That's awesome. You give a shop five years of your fucking life. And if they give you something back, that's fucking awesome. Like, yeah. Two years. Not good. Yeah. Unless it's um, a shitty shop and you're being treated <laughs> horrible and right. you know what I mean? But like, if, you, if you're yeah. jumping around every six months to a year, are is the shop the problem? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know I, what I mean? I, Dave knows this. I mean, I'm talking I've, about I've gone Dave to therapy. I mean, I've gone to therapy. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Dave finally realized about five years ago that he was the common denominator in a lot of his problems. <laughs> Well, I was in my personal relationships. That had nothing to do with the shops. <laughs> ah. Please. <laughs> Please. It's not I mean, like I fucked around in the same town. I moved across the country. <laughs> yeah. Dave came, Dave came uh, and worked with me one, one week, and he was like, ah, if this was my shop, there'd be no TVs in here. That's exactly like, how it's exactly how I talked to. And I'm like, <laughs> exactly how I said it. <laughs> this isn't your fucking shop. Yes, Sean never talks that way either. It's not my shop either. <laughs> no, but you never talk that way at all, do you? Never. Yeah. Not yeah. anymore. Not since Sacred Heart. <laughs> now that you have a platform. <laughs> <laughs> Once a week for an hour and a half. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a middle-aged white man. I've always had a platform. Oh, what? Uh, <laughs> all right, so brain dropped. And then, so how did you get... Well, I don't have to ask how you got into Seventh Son. That's kind of rude. How did you end no. up at Seventh Son? No, you know, uh, full transparency. I really made an effort to be part of that shop. It was, I sought that position. That's what I wanted. Um, That's what I mean. Like, it wasn't handed to you because you knew somebody. I mean, like, you. how did you end up actually getting your foot through the door? Um, well, they were expanding, they were moving and they had an extra table and I had very deliberately, well, I'm going to reel that back a little bit. When I was working at Braindrops, they were very, very sweet people, like nice, kind, you know, inclusive, tolerant, sweet, kind people. And my deranged tattooer mind was like, this is fucked up. Why are these people so fucking nice? 
I gotta, I gotta, I gotta find some. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to say ooh, but <laughs> right. I gotta find some shit talking fucking tattooers who are gonna just make you know make me laugh and swear out loud. <laughs> so I would go down to Everlasting Tattoo and do my homework at night because those guys work till ten or eleven o'clock at night. So it was Campisi, Henry Lewis. Um, God damn it, I'm forgetting this really. Uh, G Money was there, this really nice guy, Adrian. Mike Davis was there once in a while. But I was friends, of course, with Henry Lewis from way back in Pasadena, no? Yeah. So um, I would go to Everlasting and I was always looking for drawing critiques. And this was the best way because they were open, they were just down the hill, it was on my way back home. And I would just stop by and draw on the back. And I started doing the same thing uh, when George started working and Joey was working at Seven Sun and I was going to art school. I was going to the Academy of Art and Wait, wait, wait. So hold on, sorry. Full time tattooer going to art school. <laughs> Full time tattooer and you decided to go back to art school. What yeah. were you specifically going to art school for? Uh originally it was to learn how to draw in three dimensions. And it was based off a couple of conversations I had with Mike D. I was like, I cannot for the fucking life of me figure out how to think in three dimension. I'm a very two dimensional seer, always have been. I don't know how to explain that, but I see things flat. And it, yeah. I wanted to be able to think how to design in the round. I knew my composition sucked because I, I didn't know what composition was. I didn't know my, you know, how to draw first point, you know, single point, two point, three point perspective. I didn't have color. I had a little bit of color theory. I went to Emily Carr. So I knew I was missing huge chunks. Yeah. And again, scrambling to fucking keep up, you know, scrambling. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to fucking go to art school. Um, and I went to the academy because it's a working art school. And I knew that I wouldn't have to do all the foundations. I could walk and say, here's money. Fuck you. This is what I want to learn. And I went back deliberately. My first class was, um, yeah, 3D rendering. Uh, I did illustration. I, I, in total, I went back for about three years. And what, did... what year was that? Because you, you're probably tattooing art in 10 years. Yeah. And bike racing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There was, there was a couple of months there where my, my ex-husband, ex-husband. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wasn't was going like, to bring him up. Yeah. He was, he's like, this isn't fun. I don't like this because I was bike racing, working and going to art school. Um, yeah. But I, then I, so I fell in love with illustration um, and I did like, I would do portrait work, animal studies. Like I did a specialization on hand and uh, like face drawing portraiture from life. Um, illustration, I can recommend, like, if anybody really wants, I think, a real leg up in tattooing, take illustration courses. The stuff that you learn there is incredible because illustration as a, uh, as a discipline by nature teaches you everything. It teaches you watercolor, lino cutting, printmaking, oil everything. It teaches yeah. you color theory. It teaches you. And, and just for the young, young people listening, what Cecilia means is like a traditionally trained artist teaching illustration, <laughs> not something right. on domestica or masterclass where it's a tattooer <laughs> teaching you illustration. Yeah. Right. Ba right. Yeah. Foundational. Right. Real, right. real yeah. stuff. 
So yeah. That, yeah. that's pretty fucking amazing, honestly. And, like, and for, all these guys were were functioning professional artists. So yeah. what was great about that school as well is that every professor that you went to, if you were back in the marketplace, you were competing against them. And that's why yeah. I went because I had, I, I was scrambling. I mean, the, the company that I was keeping fucking grimy, yeah. fucking grimy. I would go and get like deliberately, I'd started at mom's. And when I was getting my sleeve from grimy, I was like, can I, can I get critiques from you? Cause I had gone to art school at Emily Carr and he was like, yeah. And you know, I'm sure you've heard this story again. It's like, I'd gather up, I'd tattoo my hardest for six months and I'd gather up all my six by four glossy photos to show the best of the best. And he would be like, uh, no, yeah, no, just don't do that again. Uh, this, you fuck this up here, do this. And I would sit and take notes. And I, like the best that I could possibly do was like gone in two minutes of critiquing. Yeah. So I was desperate. I was fucking desperate to get better because I knew I had so many holes in basically everything except my line work, you know? Um, and the tattooing then, you know, you think about the stuff that Guy Atchison was doing, you know, this explosion of, you know, bottom lit, top lit stuff with like, you know, all that stuff that Guy Atchison was doing. How the fuck do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Shit. And I'm like, oh. I can do a name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. like, I, can, I can do Sailor Jerry Flash. <laughs> yeah, right? You know? Uh, yeah, I, so, yeah, I went back to yeah. fucking art school. Fuck yes. Yeah, that's I impressive. Remember, yeah, that, that's that's incredibly impressive because tattooers have huge egos. Sorry, mm. tattooers. But most we tattooers do. 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 Not all Not all of, uh, not all of. tattooers portray having huge ego. But, we, but a lot of us to, have though. huge egos or sensitive egos in the sense oh, yeah. of hard to take that inside look and want to actually do better. Right. I definitely but, fucking didn't. I worked with it, guys like Steve Moore and Rob Hope and all these guys, you know, and I was like, yeah. but I was happy being like the standard tat guy. I'll just do right. the tats. I'm good with that. You know, because but if I, I try, yeah. Yeah. If I try, I had bill, but bill was fine. Bill was just like, yeah, man, be the best tattooer. You can be, you don't have to yeah. be the best artist. Yeah. Steve will be the best artist in the shop. You be the best yeah. tattooer in the shop. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Right. That okay. Is, yeah. right. So I, I'll, I'll do the fucking best line work with the cleanest shading and the most mm -hmm. solid colors possible, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be super mm -hmm. dynamic. It's, it's mm -hmm. going to be just a tattoo, right? It's not mm -hmm. going to be some great art piece. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had that because to, for me to look outside of that, Oh, I would I would I would have crumbled personally. My mm -hmm. ego is way too fucking fragile. So working with Steve Moore, I never felt I was in a shadow of Steve Moore. I love Steve Moore. I yeah. would push I Steve Moore. Well, and I like anybody somebody would come in and be like, "Man, that's a really cool tattoo. You should get Steve Moore to do that." You yeah. know what I mean? Like just you yeah. got to push that stuff and I'll just do the stuff that I'm I excel at. I just I excel at the yeah. 2D flat <laughs> traditional yeah. Yeah. you know, style tattooing and stuff like that. So for you to like seek out school 10 years in your career where you're making a living, that's pretty fucking yeah. cool. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't call it brave, yeah. but that's pretty, that's pretty fucking cool. 
Right. Yeah, but, uh, but again, I mean, context, context, context. I had yeah. the Dutchman's voice in my head. Yeah. I had that level of tattoo around me and I, I was scrambling because if I wanted to be relevant in the market, I had to yep. fucking keep up. And I'm driven essentially by fear. You know, like most tattoo artists, it's funny you say fragile ego. My friend Gordon Combs and I had, we that were talking about, yeah, that would be a good interview for you guys too. That guy's gold, fucking gold. Um, we always called it, code was Fragile Eagles. And we were going to have a band <laughs> called the Fragile Eagles. That would be amazing. Amazing. And it would all Everybody in the first. band, though, everybody in the band, when they play live, has to face away from the audience. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. yes, 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 yes. Totally agree. But yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, the secret is that I'm, I'm definitely driven by a fear of not being relevant um, because I need to make money. You know, this is it. Yeah. This is all I've got. And if I don't, I mean, yeah, I'm a naturally curious person. You know, my, my dad always said to me, look, just look, 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 observe, you know, the truth is in the details. Beauty is simple. Truth is simple. The symbol, the sign of a genius is simplicity and understanding. And if you pay attention and look, you'll see it. And I, I'm driven as a result of out of the fear of not being able to be relevant and to make a living, you know, in this market, because man, people, people, I mean, you know, you look at the kids these days, kids these days, what the fuck, you know, um, <laughs> welcome to middle age. <laughs> Um, no, no, no. I have a 42 year old that works for me that I call a kid because he hasn't been, he hasn't been tattooing nearly as long as me. So right. I refer to him as a kid because in tattooing, you're a kid, right? So I, I know what you mean. Kids these I mean, days. I was, I was just talking to Jeff Croce about this new technique that we just kind of accidentally saw on Instagram and I'm already trying to hack it. Just, it's so amazing. Like this new, the new stuff that's coming out of Korea, all that stipple stuff, like stippling with color, like Wow. Okay. Wow. Ha have you seen, uh, I'm, I'm going to fucking butcher his name. So I'm not going to say it. I will send it to you. Have you yeah, seen the guy sure. that does everything with a three round? Uh huh. That's what the, Jeff and I were just uh, talking about. Tun Long, Tun Lang yes, or something yes, yes, from yes, Taiwan. Yes, 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 Ta yes. Fuck off. He does fucking Taburi. Wow. With a rotary on an angle with a three round. Yes, 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 yes. I've been I just following tried that. that for years. Really? Yeah. I'm like, well, I, I just. That's I, amazing. I, 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 amazing, amazing, amazing. Like, it's so exciting. It's so fucking huge exciting. fields of solid black or solid yellow or solid white or so. And it's fucking All solid. All yeah. done. All done with like, a three. Yeah. Yeah. And like, instead of being like this, like literally yep. like. At a super oblique angle. Yeah. I'll, actually, I'll post it to the podcast. Uh, yeah. One of his videos to the, pod, yeah. to the podcast link. Because um, like, I've mentioned him before and I lost, when I lost my last account, I lost him. So I, I of course, didn't know his name because everything is in Taiwanese. And I yep. happened to come across him again. Yep. Not, might have been just after we had Jeff on. And I was just like, oh my God, I found him again. 
Yeah. It's yeah. Like, I, I love this, like the Trevor McStay thing, you know, like that guy's been tattooing for how long and he still has the curiosity and the fire. Yeah. And I think that's so important. Yeah. It's so important. And again, that's part of finding the balance is finding that curiosity, that thing that fires you, you know, Yeah. because then it's fresh, it's exciting, it's new. You wake up and you're like, I got to fucking get my shit together, you know, and it gets yeah. you that curiosity. It's just that really funny combination of like desperation and curiosity and like, yeah. It's yeah. a fine yeah. line between that and burnout though. You know, like you get, you get so yeah. obsessed and by your curiosity that you work yourself into a tizzy that you can almost burn yourself out. I would say for me, after my divorce, I deliberately thought, let's just see where it goes if I redline it all the time. Let's just throw it in a sixth. <laughs> see, you are brave. Let's just see. How's that going? Yeah, because well, I moved to Portland and um, divorced. And, uh, um, so I thought, you know, again, Seven Sun, San Francisco, uh, you know, 2010, 20 teens, you know, you had that big tech boom and it was grind culture. Rise and grind, motherfucker. Yeah. Rise and grind, you know, multitasking, you know? Yeah. And I was in the, the nexus of that, right? Um, so I was like, well, fuck it. Let's just see, you know, going for that 10,000 hours, right? fuck it, let's, let's just throw in a six, redline it and go, just go. I'm going to be the first one there and the last one. Every time I'm going to be the hardest working person in the whole world. <laughs> uh, oh, did yeah. you click your heels every time you left the shop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little, a little smug, like, that's right. Fuck you. No, no, not at all. Um, I mean, it turns out, I mean, everybody knows, right? You get to burnout, but yeah. I think that that the thing that leads you to burnout perhaps is more connected to ego than curiosity, you know, curiosity and looking for inspiration and feeding the whole, I think of feeding the beast, you know? that thing that you just, you hear when you wake up in the morning, the sucking sound somewhere over here of like the images and the inspiration that you need so desperately to keep on going is not connected to the thing that leads to burnout. And I don't know how else to explain that, that for me, uh, burnout is connected much more to ego, to an external value than an internal value. Mm. If you look internally and you look internally for what do I want to see and how do I want to say that you a burnout is avoided in a way because there's that automatic connection to that reflexive moment where you sit and stare at a wall, you know, and problem solve or, or you're looking for inspiration and you're feeding that inspiration voice. And again, that is maybe not relating to tattooing. So you're going to, for me, I go to gardens. I, I go to art galleries, you know, I, I talk to people who are outside of tattooing, you know, you, you, you feed that voice sometimes not directly through tattooing. So I, for me, burnout is different than, than that. So art school is not burning out. 
art school with something else, bike racing with something else, you know? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think, well, too, yeah, the uh, tattooing, tattooing is one thing. Art school and art is a different thing. It's a different type of, you might be burning the candle at both ends, mm-hmm. but it's, it, it is different, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've been painting a lot recently because, uh, uh, just a few things that Tim Bedron said on a podcast with us. So I'm just like, I'm just going to suck and I'm going to paint a bunch. And yeah. I've just been painting a whole fucking bunch. And yeah. it's not, it I'm not, loose. yeah, I'm more excited yeah. to actually tattoo, yeah. right? I have that, I have more yeah. energy to tattoo. Yes. Sometimes yeah. I come home after tattooing and I'm like, mm, I don't feel like painting right now, but I've been getting up early in the morning and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to paint for an hour. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go and tattoo all day. Right. So I, I get that. It's not, it's, it's the internal external thing, right? Like I find it like the, like tattooing can burn me out, as, you know, if I'm, cause I start focusing on like, I, this is what I have to do. Right. I have yeah. to do this today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With painting, I'm just kind of like her art or thinking about art and doing art recently. I've been finding it it's been really freeing me of that other stuff yeah. where it's like, yeah. Oh my God, I have to fucking tattoo today at noon. It's 10 AM. I'm going to paint for an hour and I paint for an hour. It feels rewarding. And, yeah. yeah. And then I go to the shop and I just, mm-hmm. it's, it's been really great. I honestly mm-hmm. wish I would have met Tim Bedron <laughs> fucking 20 fucking years ago. Cause it was literally one sentence. The guy fucking said, and I was just like, click and everything mm-hmm. changed. 33 years into tattooing and he comes along and just fixes my broken bullshit. <laughs> That's amazing. Isn't it? When, when it you, is. Yeah. When yeah. you, when you meet those people that, that, you know, you've heard, they say something, you're like, God damn it. I've heard that six times before, but for this one reason, it just clicked. It just clicked. That, yeah. And there's, I think that that's part of also why I seek out so many different people is that I'm always looking for that thing, you know? Yeah. Um, the thing that, yeah, solves a problem and you didn't know it, it was a problem, you know, and it frees you to to let go of something or, you know, to become better or, you know, not to put a value on it, but to shift, to change, to, to loosen up, to, to break free of a habit. Um, yeah, to keep loose. It's really important. Yeah. Yeah. So you said early on in the beginning of this, that you worked at a lot of shops. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that because you've put years into these shops, but it doesn't sound like you've done a lot of conventions or guest spots. Is that true? Well, I mean, I was, again, lucky enough to live in San Francisco. So I do the San Francisco convention every year. And when we were at Seventh Sun every year, that shop would explode with guest artists. Um, Yeah. And I did San Diego. I did Seattle, I did New York, um, I did the San Francisco convention everywhere, or the San Jose convention now, um, every year that I was there. Um, unfortunately, I well, I did the Austin convention a bunch. I love that convention. Um, I, I don't do good work at conventions. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. Um, I, I get intimidated. I kind of shut down. I get very scattered. I, I do the same thing, um, at like tattoo, tattooer gatherings, you know, like the big art show where you show up 
I get so scrambled. I get so unfocused. Um, <laughs> and then well, of course, drugs. <sighs> yes. Um, and on top of that, you know, I'm, I'm going around and looking at everybody's work and just being like, Oh boy, fuck. Yeah. I got a lot of work to do when I go home inspired. Yeah. But also like, you know, so for me, conventions are very double-edged sword. I really love them. Yeah. I, I mean, who doesn't, right? You get to yeah. bullshit and meet up and drink and have bad behavior for three days and learn and be inspired. At the same time, you've got to sit on that fucking dimension floor. Oh, I've done Boston a couple times. But, you know, if there's, God forbid, a, a live band playing, I've done conventions with, like, live burlesque acts, you know? And <laughs> the fucking worst. Let's be like, honest. You know, like the, the live the music. Worst. Oh my God, you have this DJ who's like, hurry, 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 come to the like every half hour on the hour. And, hey. you know, like, the light sucks yeah. and you're sweaty and fucking, yeah. your hat's swept right. The oh. New York Tattoo Convention, they had the rubber, remember the rubber maids? Mm, the yes, famous I rubber maids. Famous the Acrobat Girl. They, that was uh -huh. awesome. But it was like, yeah. I don't want that convention. It was cool because I got to like out drink them at the bar afterwards. But it was yep. like, yeah, like again, like going to Montreal and like having a huge like a band playing in the fucking middle of the day and the like, yeah. So yeah, yeah. no, yeah, not. I, not I do, I do like doing them. Um, but yeah, I know I do. I don't do my best work there, and yeah. I think also maybe not now, but certainly, you know, in my twenties, thirties and early forties, um, so much of the convention energy, you know, like I would have been one of the only women on the floor and that was maybe part of it too. It's like a fuck it. Yeah. Home. You know, yeah, I'm not yeah. do good work and yeah, you know, I do have a, I'm a bit of a fragile eagle, eagle myself. So, yeah, you know, and well, and you know what? Let's be honest. You're in a shop that when a convention is happening, most people are going to be visiting that shop. So mm -hmm. really, a lot of that stuff's already be coming to your doorstep. Yep. So yeah. why give up yeah. that advantage? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why, I mean, why give up that advantage? Right. You know? and, and when I started figuring it out, oh, you could, you know, I mean, in the conventions when I, again, what I would have really in the 20s, 30s, you didn't have the ability to post, Hey, I'm going to be at this convention and book yourself. You would run the risk. Like I did the Detroit or the green Bay convention way back in the day. And I just sat there for three fucking days rolling yeah. donuts. And that was brutal. You brutal, know, brutal. The green brutal Bay there. convention, the green Bay convention was amazing. That's I went amazing. to that convention in 94 before I moved to Vancouver. I did mm -hmm. the Green Convention. Uh, this girl, Dawn, she worked for Marilyn Manson. She came to, she wasn't a tattooer. She came I think to I did Toronto. I mentioned in 94, too. Fuck. Really? Picked me up yeah. and took me down. It was me, Scott McEwen, this guy, Mike LeDrew. He was a counter guy at uh, Tatarama. Uh, uh -huh. Stuart Archibald, he's a, Stuart is a great tattooer now. Wasn't tattooing then. We all end up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And not not even Scott McEwen's tattooing. We're just there to fucking party. Yep. That convention was insane. insane. Watching guy tattoo. Donut Hardy was there. I'm like drinking a coffee watching Donut Hardy just like freehand a fucking coin. Not yeah. and not freehand with a pen, freehand with a machine, a fucking coy on a guy's sleep. And I'm just like, 
I should maybe get tattooed by him. And he's like, $500 minimum. I'm like, nah, maybe not. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm like, but I, I took my dragon book by Ed Hardy with me. He signed it for me. It was mm-hmm. like, good luck. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a fucking, it was such a great fucking time. But what yeah. a weird, small yep. city and convention. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just yeah. wild. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. all the guys from Europe would go there. Uh, that's where I met Mario Barth. And um, yeah, bugs, bugs. Remember bugs? bugs? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I was gonna say because you got tat- did you get tattooed by bugs in San Francisco or were you just hanging out with bugs in San Francisco? Just hanging out with him. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. And then, um, yeah. Who else was there? Mary Barth, uh, Ten Ten from Paris. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like there was. Yeah. yeah. Like I remember showing him in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and people's fucking houses were painted green and gold because they own the Green Bay Packers, and I'm like. What is happening right now? Like yeah, I don't even. Yeah. I'm, from, I'm still living in Toronto at this time. I'm like so blown away from this small, yeah, seemingly yeah. small yeah. working town yeah. class city, and it's just a fucking part. Like I remember a guy coming up to us, like comes up That's to us at the convention. Met... Who? That's where I met Kim Sai. Was that you? Oh, I didn't meet Kim till first time. I didn't meet her until San Francisco because Scott was like creeping on her but or, and not creeping <laughs> on her in a bad way but he was just all yeah yeah, yeah, girl, yeah wow girl She's tattoo her. um yeah but i mean we were in green bay wisconsin and like we're all just hanging out and all of a sudden this guy just walks up to us and it's like me scott and I, maybe Stuart, uh and it was just like hey man uh house party if you guys want to come and gives us oh, like his wow. address on a piece of paper and we're like rad you have any idea who we are <laughs> And then Scott's like, "Why well, should we come? And he's like, I have lots of Vicodin. Wow. I'm not even wow. joking. We show up in this dude just is like handing out Vicodin at the door like it's fucking trick-or-treat time. It's like, wow. was the, that Green Bay, Wisconsin in 1994 was like the wildest fucking uh-huh. thing ever. Like, yeah. this, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, again, we could go back to the idea of how we started just, you know, all the images and, and how it was and how it is now is so, so, so different. So different. Yeah. I mean, people are like, well, how'd you become a tattoo artist? And I'm like, I, I was unemployable. I was desperate. I figured out very quickly that I could never do an office job. It was yeah. instantly uh, revealed to me that I was quite literally unemployable. And the only thing that I could figure out to do was to be a tattoo artist. And now that doesn't imply anymore. You can have, you can be a well-adjusted normal person (laughs) and be a tattooer. Yeah. 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 You know, like the people who taught me how to tattoo, they're unhinged in the best way, but you know, Theo Jack, I mean, just the Jacks. Yeah. 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 That's, that's where I started. You yeah, yeah, you you cannot be a a non-alcoholic and be in the jacks. Like it's just right. yeah. the way it is, I mean, right? You know who who tells amazing stories for anybody who wants to really get a flavor of of kind of this what we're talking about is Scott Campbell's uh, Instagram. Oh, fuck Campbell, yeah, that guy. It's incredible. That fucking gold. He tells good story too, really good story because he worked at Picture Machine. Um, oh, so, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did a whole run of, of telling story. In his car. Yep. 
Yeah, they're fucking amazing. They're amazing. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, some of the best tattoo stories of all time. That guy. Yeah, I mean, and this is what we're talking about. You know, like when I when I met Eddie Deutsch and you know Juan Puente at Tattoo Two, just the culture of that shop is incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. And again, I I think what I'm trying to convey is this the deep sense of gratitude and and almost wonder of what. We got what we get to do, what tattooing yeah. is at its core. Is well, I, think, I think you hit on something just by saying culture, like the, there is a culture in shops and tattooing back then that is completely different. I don't want to say it's better or worse or what it was because yeah. they're different yeah, times, yeah. but you guys keep going. It was, I think there's something within that era of tattooing that was um, culturally significant for lack of a better term. You know, especially what was happening in San Francisco. It's just that was the mecca of so much good tattooing and attracted so many good people. And the heritage and the lineage of a lot of those tattooers is amazing. You know, like to think about it now and how everybody's kind of related in a family tree kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to bear witness to that must have been amazing. Yeah, I mean, you you know what I mean when I say uh, today, this is what I can do for you. I mean, you know that story. You know, that's yeah. the, the old story. Yeah. And the, the, yeah, the culture of, of hand-drawn flash, the difference between what 222 did, the idea that all the flash on the wall was hand-drawn, original, by everybody who worked there. Yeah. Uh, that was a new idea. The new idea that 222 presented of a shop that had granite countertops and had a very deliberate... Uh, marketing idea behind it um you know the idea of having a clothing line the idea of having custom made tattoo machines with your name on it you know like aaron kane makes yeah or, um yeah it's 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 yeah sorry i lost kind of what we were talking about but yeah culture yeah culture. Yeah, you're just talking about the, your gratitude for that. I can just bear yeah. bearing witness to it. It's, it's, yeah. it's not a lot of people that have that perspective. And I find it equally interesting that there's not a lot of um, women from that era that have that perspective either. You know, they definitely existed without a doubt and were killing it. It's just, yeah, yeah. it's a smaller part of that male-dominated industry, which was at that time much more male-dominated. Yeah. I mean, and, and, a, and a word to that, too, people seem to think that uh, it's um, this incredible thing that, oh, you were one of the only women tattooing. <laughs> <laughs> and my experience is much like my, you know, my experience in jujitsu or my experience in bike racing or my experience in skateboarding or my experience, you know, just in life is that when you are singularly obsessed about something, people see that and they love it. And Absolutely. they invite yes. you in. Yeah. And they, 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 they want to give you the hard earned gifts and lessons that they have because exactly. you have that thing yes. in your eyes that makes you insane. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. when I got into tattooing, yes, I was desperate. So I was very focused, but was, the gates just opened. Um, yeah. And I was the only girl. I was like a unicorn. I was marketed. I mean, yeah. I was at shops. People would on the in the yellow pages ad would say, "We have a female tattooer." <laughs> like, it's like this unicorn. And yeah, then people don't, like, don't when you, know that. When you, 
Yeah, when you started in Vancouver, the only other female would have been Teresa. Yeah. And you probably started before Teresa. Mm -hmm. Or well, around the exact same there time. Was, I believe there was one other... But uh, did they count? two other tattoos. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't want to be mean. No, no, no. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. They were, but there was, there was, Mir there was Miller, Mirabella's. Right. I mean, I think that it was the, the wife of the guy who owned North Shore tattooing. And then there yeah. was another lady, um, in Burnaby somewhere and me, and that was it. And again, I didn't, I didn't find barrack barriers. I did start to find barriers. Um, in San Francisco when I wanted to get into specific kinds of shops. Um, but that was it. And that, that was very temporary. And I, I, I solved that problem by becoming known. And yeah. I think- well, I was gonna say, was that a barrier because you're female or because you were unknown or not up to par yet? Probably a combination of both. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that- back in that time to part of it is that you are an unknown quotient in the mix, you know? So that was part of why I came by and I, I wanted to make sure too, that, yeah. that this was a good environment, that people were good people. And that, you know, you, cause that's, you know, I mean, you know, 100%. Like if you want to know about a shop, you go there, Yep. you spend time there, you yeah. get to know them. Yeah. And it's this very organic, wonderful thing that happens. If, yeah. you, if you blend, you blend. And more often than not, you do. Because people in tattooing generally are very kind. They're good people because they've learned hard lessons the hard yeah. way. Yeah. And they know what it is to be desperate. They know what it is to be like hungry, like yeah. physically hungry. And yeah. there's that automatic community, you know, and you just yeah. have to be known and, yeah. and be humble. You and know, I, I and think there's, cause we just like, you know, you hear male dominated and then it's just yeah. like, oh, it was just males and they kept women out. And it's like, well, yeah. there, I, I think there's, there's male, the tattoo industry, hundred percent male dominated, but then within that there's the boys clubs. Yeah. And it's, it's the yeah. boys clubs that tried to keep the women out. But again, the boys, but they'll let them in. I'm not saying they wouldn't, but I mean, like, yeah. it's the it's the boys that kind of got together and they made their little groups. And then it's like, mm -hmm. if you're cool, male or female, you're allowed in, right? You're in. I mean, right. but as an yeah. overall, like, a blanket to just be, like, a male-dominated thing. Because Sacred Heart was male-dominated. But we had, we had gays. We had lesbians. Mm -hmm. We had uh, a little person, Jordan. We had mm -hmm. um, a... The first trans person I ever met, Taylor, male to female uh -huh. trans, uh, uh -huh. like we were very inclusive, but we were still a very male dominated shop. The but energy, we weren't a boys club, but we right. weren't a boys club, right? The we, energy, like, yeah. The yeah. energy was, was different, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Like it's always yeah. interesting. The, the gatekeeping word gets thrown around a lot. And it's like, that's, it's an interesting phenomenon that. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are considered gatekeepers and I'm like, do they really have the keys? Right. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Do they? Yep. That that fucking person's been tattooing like five years. Do they have the fucking keys? Right. You know what I mean? And I mean because there was a lot of people 
would come in and I remember Bill, like in the nineties, somebody coming to ask about tattooing and Bill would just photocopy Spalding's pages for him. And I'd be like, what the fuck? And he's just like, they're going to get the information no matter what. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It be us. We're the good guys. And then we also get to practice cover-ups. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think with a lot of things too, there's two sides, right? Like the one side's oh, going like, to call out gatekeeping and the other side's going to be like, I didn't trust you or like you or know you or have any yeah. interest in taking on somebody. So that's not gatekeeping. That's just a personal decision on that. You know. So I, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think of gatekeeping in a way almost, I was watching a documentary about the guy who owned uh, A&M Records, the real famous guy who signed fucking Aretha Franklin, all those guys. I can't remember his name at the moment, but Clive Davis. I was watching a documentary about Clive Davis. Now that's a gatekeeper, but he is also an incredible wealth of knowledge. This is a man who signed everyone, Janis mm -hmm. Joplin, Aretha Franklin, uh, Alicia Keys, you know, Whitney Houston. This is somebody who has an incredible eye for talent and an inherent understanding of what we were talking about, the foundation, the depth, the culture of the shop. So I think that there is gatekeeping, but there's, there's also attenuation, perhaps, of the flow and being able to cherry pick uh, what you see as uh, a talent that is just simply impossible to deny and allow and bringing them into that culture. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that gatekeeping is, like you said, is very two sided. There's value and there, then it's a, a fucking tragedy at the same time. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Obviously, music has no gatekeepers right now. And is that good or is that bad? You know, I mean, I just found out who Colton Walls is. How would oh, I have yeah. found something yeah. like that? You know, but in the old days of Clive Davis, I would his name would have been plastered everywhere. You wouldn't yeah. have been able to get away from this guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I, I agree. There's, there's two sides. You know, there, it's a, there's a comedy and tragedy in each reality, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm all yeah. too aware of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's trying to describe value on yeah. anything is a way to shoot yourself in the foot really well. Yeah. Yeah. That, let's be honest. If, if somebody walks through a door and they get treated by somebody and they feel, oh, this person is a gatekeeper, just leave. That person is probably a gatekeeper of zero information. Yeah, totally. They're probably right. gatekeeping only what they actually know, which is very fragile. And that's why they're afraid to share that information. Yeah. And if they're not open to sharing, and, and again, you, you can't just walk in and ask somebody something and expect an answer. That's not mm -hmm. fair. But I mean, mm -hmm. like if you go around, if you get tattooed by somebody, if you try and like make your ways in, and if you feel like they're gatekeeping, they probably actually, it might even, again, come to the fragile eagle. It might just be they can't actually teach. Our Not family. everybody can be a good teacher. Yeah, yeah. right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of, sorry to talk over you. Um, no. I, I'm thinking of this young kid who came in uh, one day, and I was tattooing at Braindrop, so closed room, just me, his friend who was my client and him. And he came in with a notepad and started peppering me with some general questions, uh, which I answered, you know, in that, that gentle kind of generalist way you do, you know, so what are you doing? Why? And, you know, gently <clears throat> talking about it. And then he started getting with more pointed questions. And I said, you know, two things, and I don't need to be rude, 
but this is your friend's time. This is her appointment. And, and my, my focus is on her, her, her tattoo. And I think what you want is information that'll set you up in tattooing. And this is, you're not my apprentice. And I think that there's a level of questioning that you're looking for that is, is almost inappropriate because you haven't committed to being an apprentice or giving your time to this shop. And he was very insulted. He was really insulted and he definitely felt I was gatekeeping. And I said, well, um, I'm, I'm actually being very kind to you at this moment. Um, I would recommend going and hanging out with uh, Henry Lewis at Everlasting. And if you want another opinion about what I'm talking about, ask Henry. So he did. How'd that go? <laughs> I'm going to put money on not well. Yeah. I've never met I've never met Henry, but I'm going nope. to put money on not well. Right. So he came back and he apologized, and he said I I went in and he had a bad experience. Oh, and I'm not I'm not trying to shit talk Henry, and I'm not shit talking no, everlasting. No, no. To be clear, no, 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 not at all. I mean, you can hear my deviousness myself, my own deviousness is saying I suggest talk to Henry Lewis. Um, so I'm the asshole for suggesting that, but he came back and he apologized and he was like, you know, I didn't understand, uh, what I was asking. I, I didn't understand. And I really, I'm very sorry. Um, would you please be so kind as to help me? And I said, absolutely. You know? Yeah. So again, that's that very yeah. sticky wicket of, of gatekeeping yeah. and apprenticing and culture and, you know, have, have you apprenticed anybody? I have inadvertently uh, apprenticed a few or mentored, people. mentor, apprentice or mentored. Okay. Mentoring. I'm much rather mentoring. Absolutely. Yeah. I love mentoring apprenticeships. My one formal apprentice who asked me, can I be your apprentice? Uh, oh, deed. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> in, in San Francisco or Portland? Uh, yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. I'm not shocked with either no, yeah, answer. Either. No. Um, and he was an old dear friend. He was very, of course, very, very sweet person. Yeah. I love mentoring people. I, I love that because then you get shared information. And nowadays people who are coming into tattooing, usually they have gone to art school and usually they have a huge foundation and they say, Oh, can you teach me? I said, no, I won't teach you, but I will share with you because you have stuff that I want, you know, stuff that I don't. And if we trade will bring each other up. And that's what I'm really interested in. Oh, that's yeah. cool. You always, but, but everybody knows in a tattoo shop, you always need the 20 or 30 year old person who's new to the industry in the shop. You always have to have somebody like that because yeah. it feeds the fire and, it, and it's so important Yeah, and yeah. to be able to level each other up like that, because they are looking at the, the cutting edge people on Instagram that I can't find Yeah, because they have new eyes. Yeah. And that's, that's the most exciting thing, you know? I, yeah. Oh yeah. I've, you know, it, it's hard being the best in the room or it's hard to even think you're the best in the room. You know, yeah. I own a shop with younger guys, very specific in styles. And I've always said that I'm very open. Anybody ever comes in and asks if they have a portfolio or art, anything, if they ever want to ask me questions, I've always said like, I'm open to that. Nobody ever comes in. Right. You, mm -hmm. A lot of kids, they just want a yes to an apprenticeship. So people would ask in emails, this and that. And it's just like, this is my advice. 
and you never hear from them again. Yeah. And then one day I had that, that was uh, that that was Theo saying no, hang up, no. Exactly. Up, yeah. No, yeah. Exactly. Right? That's what that was. And then and you have one to day stay. I, I, I've had people come in and then look, you know, I, I get the guys that are t- tattooing, you know, five years, 10 years, look at their stuff or whatever. And then one day I come in, three people in a row came wow. into my shop with portfolios. First person, their mom told them they could be anything in life way too many times. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad thing, but they were not going to contribute uh, to themselves or to anything. The second guy, the next guy that came in, literally like 20 minutes later, his stuff was great. Very best of time, stizzo, fine line, um, traditional. I was like, this is awesome. I'm like, this is great. I'm like, but there's a lot of traditional tattooers in this city. Edmonton's very known for, you know, traditional style tattooing. As a shop owner, I need to know that you can just make me money. Can you do an infinity symbol? Can you do these basic things? And I was talking to him about this stuff and I knew that's not what he wanted to hear. And I was like, hey man, maybe try some of this stuff and come back. Never came back. The third girl that came in that same day, she came in, talked to me. She had messaged me, DM'd the shop a couple times and she showed up with a portfolio, showed me a whole bunch of shit. And I said the exact same thing to her as everybody else. Mm-hmm. this is not great. You could do this. You could do that. You know, I have a lot of books here that are not my guarded personal collection. If you ever want to come and just draw or paint here, mm-hmm. I'm like, Greg, my one tattooer, Greg paints every day. Like he paints oh, at least wow. one small flash piece a day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just come and just come and draw and hang out if you want, whatever. Don't say anything. And she works at an art store. Nobody came back. She came back. Not only did she come back, she has been back for the last six fucking months every day off. Saturday and Sunday, she shows up when we open. She's there till we close. And then I, uh, two weeks ago, I was like, um, I want you to draw 40 strawberries uh, yeah. and paint them. Paint 40 strawberries in flash format or whatever you come up with. I was thinking she's going to take like two months. I'm like, there's no timeline. Just do this, whatever. She fucking painted in a week. Nine, nine, 11 by 14 flash sheets, fully rendered. Mm-hmm. Amazing. 40 different, mm-hmm. like 30 very good ideas, 10, mm, mm-hmm. 20 very well painted, mm-hmm. 20 kind of brushed. But I was like, damn. So I yep. went over them with her and was like, fix these. Like, this is what you kind of need to do. I was showing her like some different people's work. You know, I'm not a big American traditional guy. Showing her some different people's work. I'm like, this is where I think you need to add a bit more black or this and that. Mm-hmm. Do that. And I'm like, and if you want, and if you want to do this, you can have an apprenticeship in the new year. And she was just like, okay. She came in every Every week. How can yeah. you not want to give this person yeah. everything? It's that just, just like, makes you just hearing that makes you happy. But not even that. I'm like not just because of Tim, but because of her. Like, not only am I painting all the time, but like mm-hmm. my my one guy that's been tattooing for well in under a year, he's, like he's like it took him a week to do a flash sheet when she did nine. He did two in one day after she did that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. 
Greg, yeah. Wes, like my other guys are like looking at what she's doing in their home. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. pushing. Like it's we haven't had that we haven't had that push for a while. I haven't had that push for for quite some time, especially when we started tattooing or we were only tattooing in the shop and doing art at home. You know, I worked with Lucas and I worked with a lot of great tattooers, Jesse beans, Lee Brooke, all these people, but we were drawing at home and then tattooing during the day, not like sacred heart where we were. Yeah. You know, like you guys had a seventh son for sure, where you guys yeah. were sitting down and like figuring shit out. Mm-hmm. I haven't yeah. had that in a long time. And this young girl, you know, is she hasn't, she hasn't brought like what that she's brought that drive though, where it's like, Oh yeah, I need to fucking do this. Like desperation. Still like I'm still young in tattooing. I still have energy in tattooing. Like Mm -hmm. I need to fucking get on this because I can't, I can't be showed up by this fucking kid. (laughs) Like, come on. I already told everybody like, she's going to start and, I'll start her apprenticeship in the new year. But when she starts tattooing, if she brings that same drive to tattooing, she'll take all our money. Mm-hmm. My shop is not a private studio. It's a street shop. She'll take all the yep. tattooing. She'll take it all. She's hungry. And not only that, she can draw and produce quick, fast. She, you know, she'll be able to deal with people because she comes from a, from a retail background. Mm-hmm. She has so mm-hmm. much that she will be able to just take everybody that gets a little lazy, just be like sniping them. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm stoked. I'm so excited. Like I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah. It's right. Yeah. It's right. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's, that's the most important thing. Yeah. When you got into seventh son, mm-hmm. you had, I'm guessing you had finished your art schooling stuff because you were doing that more when you're hanging out at Everlast and you started at Seventh mm-hmm. Sun. Mm-hmm. You really started focusing on in, in your work, botanicals. Yes. Yeah. Was that, is like, for everybody, we have an artistic drive. Has that always been kind of your artistic drive? Just that way, like the botanical illustration, realism, but well, for tattooing? It, it was, uh, it was actually came, I think the real focus and the real decision. I mean, yeah, I like doing flowers mostly because they seem to come the easiest to me. Um, it's something that I could just see, um, you know, you Japanese stuff. I mean, dry the tiger, fuck a dragon. Oh, fuck. What Japanese that's water. How I feel about, that's how I feel about flowers though. Yeah. Um, it flowed. And then also, uh, the environment of seventh son, um, then was deliberately curated so that everybody who worked there was extremely good at the thing that they did. So Croce biomech, right. Um, and you had like Matt house old school and you had, you know, you had these people who excelled at one thing and they really focused on honing that blade, you know? Um, so I was encouraged directly, uh, by Luke. He said, you know, we want you to be happy here. So why don't you do something that makes you happy? And I thought, well, sounds like a dick. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, 
I thought, you know, well, let's start with something that doesn't make me want to fucking cry every time I try and draw it. And that was flowers, you know, and um, I had a couple books that lit a real fire under my butt. And I said, let's just do this. And, and of course, nobody else was doing it there. That was yeah. a window that I could look out of and nobody else was attending to. So I, I use that metaphor window very deliberately because I think that there's windows of opportunity. No, uh, there's windows of opportunity. They're very, very small. Say like being the best uh, three point shooter in the NBA. That window is very, very small to be the best at that. But if you look out of a window that nobody is attending to, then that window of opportunity is very big. It's fucking huge. Yeah. Right? And you get to be the best at it and seemingly without effort. So I kind of thought, well, what is nobody else doing? What, what flows with me? And, and let's, let's do that, you know? And yeah, I'd, I'd farted around with it before, like specifically, but really looking for that style. Um, I was starting to want to do this thing that I felt like nobody else was doing. And it was that, that thing where I describe it as leggy, um, where your, your arrangement or your composition looks leggy, where there's a lot of air. And I really like that uh, thing in Ikebana flower arrangement that is balance and air, lightness and weight. It's grounded. It has all the components. And I, I started looking a lot at that stuff. Cool. And um, I thought, this is exciting. This is really exciting. Uh, it goes back to something that Theo said about Philip Liu's work. If you look at the Philip Liu work, um, especially the stuff that he was looking at probably in the 90s, Philip Liu back pieces by, by necessity because he was working with so many people who would travel. He said, Theo said that Philip Liu's stuff is something, a whole lot of nothing, something, and a whole lot of nothing. You know? So you have yeah. top left you have the thing that draws your eye, then it follows, which is the nothing, right? So air, water, whatever, to something highly detailed, and then nothing to something. So your composition pulls your eyes. And I've been having that idea tick over in my head, how to tattoo quickly, how to make money, how to cover space effectively, but also have a high quality image that, that reads extremely well. And you can showcase some really beautiful high detail, but not eat up a lot of money and a lot of time and cover a lot of ground. Mm. And I thought, well, with these floral arrangements, that's how you can kind of look out, address all that, you know, in, in kind of one shot. And I deliberately started really focusing on that. Yeah. Um, and of course, being very supported while I did that, you know, not working at a shop. Key. Yeah not working at a shop where if you let something walk away, you were fired, you know, yeah. like I could you worked at the shop where you could be like, I'm not the person for that. That guy is that guy right sitting right there in this room. <laughs> yeah. there, right. So that was yeah. a big component of that culture as well. Is that we, yeah. we leveled each other up very, very deliberately. You don't want me to do that. You want whoever to do that. This is their yeah. stuff. This is their portfolio. And you would upsell your your friend at the shop. Yeah. Like right. I did and at Sacred Heart. It was yeah. like, you want this? Steve Moore. Oh, you want more? The traditional guy at the time was Woodley. So Chad Woodley was like, yeah, you want Woodley, him? Yeah. 
right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah very, that's such a yeah. And you look after that was each an other. Art, that was an art of tattooing, also. Absolutely. I think keeping that it is in the shop. Lost. It's like, mm-hmm. Now it's like if, if somebody can't, it's like you know if if for instance you know I'm a a, a young tattooer I can't do that tattoo technically. I can't actually mm-hmm. physically pull that off. Instead of like saying, hey, you should see this guy. It's like, that doesn't make a good tattoo. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I see more now, right? It's like, no. that's not a good idea. That's yep. that's 10 that's, pounds of shit in a five pound bag. That's an old that's an old school thing though, no? Like when we started, yeah. there was a lot of that. And I yeah. used to 100%. say, yep. yeah, I, I would tell clients, you know, listen to what a <clears throat> tattooer says because <clears throat> when they say that's not a good idea or the, what they're telling you is that I can't tattoo that and listen to them. Yeah. You know, I tell my guys and, all that time. It's like, if you can't do it, don't just say that. Don't tell your fucking client. It's not a good idea or it's not mm-hmm. this. Just recommend them to somewhere else. And just, or, or just say, I can't do that. This is how <laughs> I would do it. This isn't yeah. the only way to do it. And if you totally. don't like this right? idea, yeah. like, exactly. then there are yeah. so many tattooers. Yeah. So good at it. Like, yeah. And, and then it's like, if you, you, yeah, you can create encourage a small, 100%. And you can create a small little group of people in a city where it's like, you know what? This guy does this really well. Go to him. If you send mm-hmm. him enough clients, uh-huh. he'll, he'll send you. Sending, uh-huh. He'll start sending you clients. Yeah. Because he's also, if it's a black and gray realism guy, he's he's not doing anything with black and gray realism. So he's just telling people no. But if it, uh, you know what? You know what? This shop has sent me six fucking people. I'm mm-hmm. okay. Go here. Start going here. And all my guys are like, oh. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it works, right? Be- like yeah. we have other shops recommending us because we will recommend and you very create- specific artists. You right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Create organically. That's what we we. That's what part of what I miss in San Francisco. There's a little bit of it here in Portland, um, and I I definitely really encourage everybody to start doing this if they can if they work in a shop where this is allowed is to do that to keep a list of shops that you would recommend a list of artists go into the main room and say hey does anybody know somebody in the city with the client there like does anybody know somebody who does this and you help them and you recommend them and you wind up creating this this wonderful community just organically yeah. of looking and out it, for it, one another. It might not come back right away, but it comes back over time. Um, yeah, it does. Absolutely. Yep. Specifically really for like, you know what? I don't care if this person's, I'm going to send this person. Something. Like I, I would never expect somebody to then like message me, IG or email be like, Hey, thanks. No, no. no. Right. No. But yeah. I think some younger people might where it's like, don't expect that because it, they might think it's a one-off. Or, or the person that went to see them might not even told them that you sent them. Yeah. Totally. Just yeah. if that yeah. person does that shit the best, you just keep sending people to that person. Right. Well, the secret that to person that is it. Will eventually figure it out and yeah. you will get it back yeah. and you will create that. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and I think also the clients appreciate that because they, they make a mental note. Oh, this person is transparent. They're honest. hundred percent. Yep. And, and it, it's you're not losing. You're, no, you're, you're, yeah, you're a good no, because your that client will be like, oh, their friend, they'll be out one night. Oh, who's your tattoo? Oh, I went to go and see so and so, 
but it was kind of out of the realm. So they sent me to this guy that was really good. But for what you want, I think that guy might actually be good for it or yeah. that girl be good for it. It, yeah. it, it really does. Like, yeah. yeah. And again, we're talking yeah. a little bit about gatekeeping and a different aspect of it, you know, yeah. that you are deliberately creating a community of people who, you know, are that you are like-minded, if you will, but also spreading it out and, and having that loose grip on, yeah. on what it is that you think you have. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 This stuff's All really right. important. All right. 2017. <laughs> you left, you left uh, Seven Sun and you yeah. went to Portland. Well, also. Why? Maybe, Did you really like that Portlandia show? Oh. Uh, you just said so much. Um, um, part of that as well was I was burnt out. Imagine that. Um, put it in a sixth gear and see what happens. Um, San Francisco, of course, uh, I had started going and visiting there and fell in love with it in 86, right? Go and watch uh, 48 Hours. That's the San Francisco I fell in love with, yeah? Very different. I moved to San Francisco because it was a city where people lived and they, they needed to move there because it was the only city that they could be, not do, but be, right? They lived there. They didn't work there. They didn't move there to get Google on their resume. The culture had shifted, no? Yeah. I mean, we see this in Vancouver. We see this in It was Toronto. the state, Vancouver. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. my hometown when I left was very podunk. It was it was about the size of what Portland is now. It was, you know, yeah. primary resource city. It was logging, yeah. fishing, canned fish go, right? At Millen Bodell. So, <laughs> yeah. so. My roommate so, worked at McMillan Bodell. So there you go. Everybody yeah. was like a tree, a tree planter or a bike messenger. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in 2017, um, I was burnt out. Uh, I was working too much for too long. My hair had stopped growing. And I'd met somebody new who had a vague idea of what quality of life was like much, much more than I did. My deranged tattoo idea of what life is. And he basically saw the writing on the wall. And he said, we got to get out of here. We, we got to get out of here. You know, what, what are you doing? What are you doing and why? What's your goal? Why are you here? You know, and also made me realize that what I was in love with in San Francisco, I liken it to when you watch a young child grow. You have snapshots of them, yeah? So you see them when they're five, when they're three, when they're 12, when they're 16. And as you view them as they age, it's layers of transparencies that you're looking at. You don't really see who they are today. You see layers of who they are, yeah. Yeah? yeah? And I was seeing San Francisco through that lens. Oh, on that corner used to be a gas station and it used to be a Thai restaurant. And now it's an apartment building that's filled with techies, which, you know, not throwing shade on, on techies writ large. The culture had shifted, right? The gay yeah. culture had shifted. Um, all the things that brought me to the city had shifted. And rent was impossible. And housing was impossible. And... A cocktail was $20 and, you know, a f I mean, people would say, you know, oh, you found a place to live, not, oh, do you like it? But, oh, that's amazing. You found a place to live. Yeah. You found something. 
And it was, you didn't ask how much it was because you knew it was expensive, you know, like the 500 square foot apartment that I lived in, uh, when I left the rent got raised on that apartment to $4,000 and that was in 2017. That's insane. That's insane. It was not sustainable. How do you, how are you 65 in that? What does that look like? A 65 year old tattoo artist in San Francisco, you know, rent control or not. So if I had been single, it'd be very different, but I met somebody fell in love and was like, okay, quality of life. What's quality of life? What's balance? How do I breathe again? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? To what end? And I lift, lifted my gaze and I was like, where am I going? What does retirement look like? The fuck is that? <laughs> you know, like what is quality of life? All I've been doing is, is defining myself through work, you know, which again is attachment to ego is like an mm-hmm. external yep. trip. Yeah a human doing, not a human being and started having that dialogue. I wanted time, time. This is a marathon, not a sprint. It's a fucking marathon. What am I doing? I want time. I want time with this man. I want time to know. I want, I want to experience what it is to, to be in love. You know, a divorce will do that to you. Yeah. It makes you going through one. Yeah ask you ask why yeah. how yeah. you know i've never been i've never been happier in my life at this yeah. moment right now i can tell you that i've i've never been mentally or physically happier in my entire life because of what i found after what i was yeah. in so yeah 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 well, congratulations thank you you know yeah. yeah it is it's it is transformative important beautiful, et cetera, tragic, all that. Um, yeah. so my choices of where we were going to move to clarify Portlandia, my choices were Austin, New Orleans or San Diego. <laughs> and <laughs> so, I mean, San Diego, right? Tattoo hey, I'm, I'm, I'm glad the woman got what she wants. <laughs> <laughs> so San Diego, you know, that's an obvious one tattoo town, uh, New yeah. Orleans, fucking New Orleans. I love that city. Love it. Um, Love the culture there. And Austin and my guy said, you know, Austin's in Texas and he had never been there. And I said, well, Austin is in Texas. But again, he'd never been there. It was on the eastern seaboard. My guy is from New Jersey. So he was like, fuck it. I don't want to live on the eastern seaboard again. And then he said, New Orleans, it has the unfortunate thing of raining on the inside of your house once in a while. So no. Yeah. Uh, fair point, fair point. And San Diego was in California and, and he wanted out of California. And, you know, a little more space, a little more quality of living. And I knew a bunch of people, of course, who had moved to Portland. I know a bunch of people. And again, very fortunate that uh, Jason Kundell had opened a shop, uh, AWR, up here in Portland. Uh, he's one of the original three. Never heard of it. Son. <laughs> never heard of him. Um, And again, like really fortunate to be able to essentially make a phone call and say, Hey, um, can you, can you help me out? And he was like, yeah, uh, fucking yeah. And, uh, and he's like, and on top of it, I understand what you got to do. And I was like, oh, fucking come on. He's like, travel as much as you want. I know you need to go back and forth. And I was like, just 
how could you not say thank you? Um, and he's like, he's like, can you be here now? And I was like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. You can yeah. travel wherever you want, but you have to start tomorrow. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I worked there for a year and then I got offered the job again at Wonderland because they were expanding and another table opened up and I got a phone call there and, and Wonderland is just, I feel like, like many of the shops to be clear, like many of the shops that I've been invited to work at is, is fantastic for who and what I want to do and what I want to be right now. It's, I just feel like it's such a gift. Amazing. Talk about just, you know, God pissing in my cup, the shop (laughs) that does what I want to do. All of them. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. To have those conversations like daily, you know, just to geek out on like, how do you do the center of peony? You know, just little yeah. things like that. You get like the finest examples of that. And, and to when, when I left Seventh Son, Jeff said, that's so awesome. That's so awesome for you. I'm so stoked. You are amongst people who speak the same language. Cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Yep. So I'm, I mean, I'm we all love... know what that feels like. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to love asking this next question because, you know, we've had a lot of great tattooers, great people on this and, you know, people get oh, to this question. Oh. Yes. People get oh. influenced or they get to, oh. but, but like a, a lot of people haven't got the chance to work with top fives. A lot of yeah. people like try and reach that epicenter of tattooing and stuff, but you've worked alongside some incredibly talented people. And yeah. now the question is, yeah. Who are your top five? Well, the, uh, I mean, Grimy for me. Grimy is definitely one of the top five. Uh, Chris Kahn is a huge, yeah, huge. That guy is always in my top. And, my top five, I would say, changes. But my top three never. And Chris Kahn is top yeah, three for sure. Uh, I, I was very fortunate to see the famous uh, carpenter, uh, Steve Morse Leaf. Before oh. I left Vancouver. Oh, yes. God, that that's always, my favorite thing. That always haunts me. The fucking yeah. wood chips. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, man. I love uh, that sleeve. I love being able to like walk back and just drink my coffee and watch it work on that and have that memory, you know? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, of course, Marcus Pacheco was somebody, a seminal uh, moment when I looked at his shit and I was like, holy fuck, I can, I can, I want to do that. I could, I can tattoo. That's where I want to go. I want to fucking tattoo that. Um, I don't know if you ever got to see it, but Marcus Pacheco did a, a sleeve. It's, this, it's called a shaman, his shaman sleeve. I don't know. If I saw a picture, I might remember it. Um, you know, I think Philip Lou for sure. Um, That's five. Yeah, Those are <laughs> I, mean, I have to remind people because they usually <laughs> no. Even even I lost count because I was mesmerized, and then I started thinking about Marcus's sleeve that you were talking about, and I'm like, oh yeah, because Stuart Archibald, who I mentioned way earlier, yeah. he actually has uh like a three quarter sleeve down. He has that really famous one where it's the apple in the ditch with the fetus in the apple and yep. that's his sleep and i remember seeing that and him telling me it was like yeah, it was like eight hours and i was just like what what the fuck like 
okay, I need to be oh. not just better, but I need to be faster. But oh. yeah, yeah. So I mean, that was I like mean, the easiest five ever. It's just like, I know, it was so quick. And what a five. That's impressive five. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it is like the five, you know? I mean, that's the, the creme de la creme. I mean, and, yeah. and again, there's there's Ed Hardy. No, nope, um, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Nope. Stop, stop. Yeah, it's good. These, these are all people. Yeah. yeah, I mean yeah, Jeff yeah. Whitehead for no, no. Palette. Like now we can just focus on all the people you never named because they suck. Yeah, totally. Right, right, like, right, right. They right, don't right. Your, for, your former but, coworkers yeah. like Jeff just yeah, <laughs> whatever. I know Gordon. Gordon, yeah. Jeff. never heard of her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then Instagram, fucking a. There's a whole oh. roster of people who I slavishly Dude. check. Over and yeah. over and over yeah. and over. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know who's you know whose work yours reminds me of. Hmm. And I don't, I I don't even remember the name of the artist, but it's actually not a tattooer. Hmm. Your work makes me think of that bird painter, uh, Lansdowne. Oh, Lansdowne. Ah. Yeah. Lansdowne. That's who. Yeah. Like, huh. like Dave gave me actually some of his books, mm-hmm. and Lansdowne. when I think of, yeah, when I think of when I look at your work. I can't think of another tattooer. Huh. I think of his work. And it's not flowers. It's I don't I don't know why. I don't know if it's just the 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 thoughtfulness of the drawing itself, uh the way it's painted or portrayed. I'm not really sure because I haven't really thought about exactly why, but there's that's what I think of when I think of work. And I just wanted to say that. Huh. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. This this guy? Nope. 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 Okay. <laughs> I'll find it. I was going to say, do you remember his first name, Dave? No. And it was, the books were by two people, Lansdowne and somebody else. Uh, one guy wrote the books, Lansdowne, Birds of the West Coast. His stuff oh, was, yeah. Yeah, I think he, I know who you're talking about. He yeah, did a whole series of, of books, The Northern like, Forest, auto- the, like Autobahn, but yeah, yeah. Autobahn adjacent. Yeah, yeah. But better yeah. illustrations than Autobahn. Like better, really? I would say. I would say better uh, compositions and better renderings. Yeah, like yeah. this is not anything like your work in the right, sense of like flowers and stuff. It reminds you of. But like, um, I know you aren't going to see that. Yep. But it's yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. that thoughtfulness of the composition specifically. Yeah. Where like, yeah. A, a real botanical style. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That's, no worries. That's yeah. When I see yeah. you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, especially now, a lot of people do florals and it's just layered. I think it's just, you know, I'm not saying it's mm. a bad composition and stuff like that, yeah. but I think that, I think yours really shows more of of that really thoughtful artistic centricity to the flowers itself rather than it just being flowers you know what i mean it, i'm i'm guilty if i'm going to draw flowers it's just it's just flowers and, and it's just there you know what i mean so it's very cool very yeah awesome. yeah i mean i look at a lot of you know the, the big secret reveal uh i look at a lot of uh florists stuff so like my Google feed, um, I really love uh, Korean um, floral arrangement. Um, I don't know what it is about that tradition, but there's something about the aesthetic 
that that's cool. what I really dig into that and Ikebana stuff. Um, yes, you're, yeah, you mentioned earlier. So yeah, yeah, people that want to do flower stuff, don't look at Cecilia's tattoos. Look mm -hmm. at Ikebana. Yeah, yeah. never, yeah, right, yeah, never you know? copy because it's it's becomes a simulacrum, right? You know, it's yeah. like it, you start off with a strawberry, then it's strawberry jam, strawberry bubblegum, strawberry candles, strawberry scent, and it's no longer a strawberry; it's something else. So I like that. The simulacrum of the tattoo, no, and you lose yeah. your voice. Yes. The thing to yeah. find your voice, the thing that is so important that you can add to the library of tattooing, which of course is what all what all all I want to do. If I could just ha a, a, this, I'm quoting Chris Kahn. Um, the goal is to just add a little a little volume to the encyclopedia that is tattooing, a line, a, a leaf, anything, you know, that's the goal. And, and that yeah. is you have to have your own voice to do that, to look out your window, your important. Yeah. window. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's your that's your gift. That's so important. That, that's the mic drop statement right there. <laughs> You know, like that's the best advice to leave tattooers with, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I wanted to say too. You know, I think that they're the new tattooing. You know how we're saying. You know, they're the new language of the like. You know, the the limited line work of like new tattooing or micro tats or you know chipotle bag tattooing. How it's so you know how people disregard it or dismiss it. I was listening to uh, uh, the podcast uh books open or books closed by eric and andrew or yeah. sorry uh, yeah andrew sports yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah his stuff's great i was just ago. making fun of and him earlier yeah he he <laughs> was interviewing somebody can't remember but no it was um oh the guy who does the really fucked up tattoos it's like oh god damn it can't remember his handle they're really fucked up like, I think he's Parisian French, or he's from Montreal, and noon. Can't remember, but they're like he'll have like blowouts and like hang like hung needles and like fuck like just art brute almost. It's like outsider art. I don't know if that's noon, but noon is similar in the sense of like it's so fucking simple, but at the same time not. So if somebody I mean, else was trying to copy it without understanding it, they like would yeah. like noon would do like, you know, a kind of like a ticked line up a back with something landing on the arm. And yeah. it made perfect fucking sense. Yeah. But this like, guy's stuff, he draws all the tattoos that he's going to do for that year in one day. And they look like left-handed drawings and they're yeah. very, very deliberate and almost yeah. like technically, technically they're about. very, very flawed. Yeah. yeah, yeah deliberate. Yeah. Yeah. And he does that deliberately exactly. because he felt like, in his words, that tattooing has become bourgeois. And I was like, I think I, he's from Montreal. I do bourgeois tattoos. I do tattoos that your grandma would love. I do tattoos that look would look good on a tea towel. Yeah. Which is fine. But it's such an interesting conversation because they were critiquing this guy and saying, oh, it's bullshit. And I thought, wait a minute. In architecture, there was a movement called um, brutalism, and it was concrete oh, brutalism, yeah. which was hated in yeah. the seventies. It's just but great. Now it's awesome. It is incredible, and they're being lost because it was so devalued because it's yeah. just concrete. But mm -hmm. there is genius in that, 
And retrospectively, now they're having to go back and save these iconic pieces of art brut or brutalist uh, architecture. So you never know, right? You never know what is mm -hmm. old. And the conversation around new tattooing and how people could disregard it, you don't know. You don't know if it's outsider art. It could be the next art brute. Pay attention, no? Yeah. yeah. There's newness in that. There's inspiration art, in that. And there's it's language. It's still going to have so composition. Important. Yeah, it's still going to have all that. It's going to have composition. And I think sometimes as a non-artist, you might not see that, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like I, that Noon, when I first saw Noon, I'm pretty sure Noon is from France, who I was talking about. And I remember seeing his stuff and so many people were like, that's so fucking stupid. It looks like kid mm -hmm. drawings. And I was like, no. try and replicate that. You can't. Yes. That's fucking like... Like exactly. Lucas, who I worked with, did a similar exactly. sleeve and had to do it all freehand. And Lucas was like, this is so hard so because I hard. I have to draw kind of bad, but not bad because it has to be precise. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, dude, because it's... There's it's a gut. clarity. It, there's a clarity yeah, of languages from so, the gut. It's, yeah, 100%. It's, there's so yeah. much of that new kind of like, I don't want to say the brutal black, but like the really abstracty black tribally stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like the black metal style mm -hmm. writing but that's like sleeves mm -hmm. and next yes, stuff. yes yes Fuck, yes, man. yes yes there's so much of that so shit much. i fucking love it yes like when it's when that stuff is done well man it's so new it's so exciting ah. and yeah because the the black is is just as important as what they don't tattoo yeah, totally. which was a big thing in the 90s with bill bill was very much yes. like let your tattoos breathe right so when i see this stuff and i'm like a lot of the times I'm looking at the skin that's not tattooed yes. and I'm like, Oh, yes. oh my God. If well. I tried that, I would have mm -hmm. overdone it. Mm -hmm. I would have overdone it, ruined it. It's so mm -hmm. fucking good. And I get so excited when I see that shit, you know, and other mm -hmm. people are like, ah, fuck it, I'm never. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not a, it's, I mean, you know, it's could... not a fucking can kicking a heart down the road with fucking true right. love, giving right. a finger. Like, right. I don't know. Right. I mean, you, know, you, you can give language, you could put art school language around it. I mean, they are following rules, you know, 50, 50, 70, 30, 30, 70. Yeah. They're, they're following all of it. But yeah. it's like, it's the discussion that Picasso had about his own art. Yes, he was very accomplished, but he chose not to be, he chose to forget, forget in order to forget, Yeah. you know, in order to, yeah. to reach that point of purity, you have to forget everything that you know, you learn it all, and then you forget it all. And I think that that, again, yeah goes back to the idea of the pursuit of your voice, how to not be burnt out, how to be inspired, sure. how to keep the new it's, curiosity. It's, it's no different, right? There's there's so much bad Japanese. There's so much bad floral. There's so much bad American traditional. There's And then when somebody sees this black work stuff, it's like, it, well, is that bad? Or are you just seeing a bad artist interpretation of what's good, right? Because there's so much, there's so many fucking tattooers now. Yes. Right. It's like, that's yeah, it, amazing. There's, it's just, it's amazing. there's always been a ratio of okay, good to excellent. It's just mm -hmm. such big numbers now. Right. So mm -hmm. man, I honestly, I get so excited now, like doing this podcast and being I more bet. engaged. I get so excited now with some stuff. This is now. like a it's convention. Like, this is a convention conversation we're having. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. 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 And the shit that I get to see. Yeah. It's great. And it was great to see yeah. you. Yeah. It's been so Thank long. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I mean, oh, I'm of course. still My pleasure. sweaty and nervous. Good. But, Same yeah. as us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
yeah, this is this is really good shit. I'm I feel very very fortunate. Yeah, this was awesome to catch up. Thank yeah. you, so much, Cecilia. I would yeah, love to actually do you. this again. Yeah. yeah, I would. I would love that. I because there's so much to talk about. Always, always is. Yeah, endless. Yeah, what a cool. joy. Yeah. All right, Thank guys. You. It's been great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, done. He he gets yeah. real, up really 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 early, so he's oh. really 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 tired. Yeah, I yeah. beat myself up today too, so I'm exceptionally oh. tired. Congratulations. Awesome. It's a good feeling. It's the best. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thank well, you so much. It was great getting to know Curly and this amazing guy that tattooed with one arm. You know, the customer had to stretch his own skin. So I did get blood poisoning from him twice. Twice. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> <laughs>True North Strong Tattoo Book. This is a massive tattoo encyclopedia of Canadian tattooers. 350 pages. It's an 11 by 17 coffee table format. Sean and Dan worked tirelessly to get this thing out. And sadly, it never made it to print, so it's available for free download at theholdfastsocialclub.com and championtattoo.ca.